This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts... Joe Lanza. X out. Go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I love you. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig, alongside, as always, a man who has achieved godlike status and a very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? Voice cracking a little there, like you're going through puberty. Did you hear that? <laughs> I didn't. Did I do that? I didn't. You're like, uh, welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling. <laughs> did I? Flagship. Okay, wow. <laughs> what's going on there? Well, I'm very self-conscious. Now I want to re-record the, uh, the intro, but that's fine. Too late now. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. I control. Well, it's never. I control the. I'll just record that. I'll record that part afterwards, and this will just be very confusing for people, and they'll just think you're being a jerk. So that's yeah. true. You know, you could really, uh, <laughs> really put you in a weird spot here. So could really sell me out there. Uh, soon, it might just be going out there raw, though. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Never know, right? Yeah. Never know. Um, might not be able to re-edit these things because everybody will hear it while it's happening. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I was a little more subtle. Than that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so I have to bring up a topic from last week, where uh, erroneous in uh, we made we made some mistakes. Normally, I don't bring up the mistakes we make because why would I do that? You know, it's like we only brag about when we're right. We don't like to talk about when we're wrong. Right, and we're we wrong. Think. Like you know, I don't know. 55% of the time or whatever. But yeah, we don't bring those up. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'd say more like 5% of the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're almost always right, let's be honest. But you don't talk about when you're wrong. Now, we talked about cucking last week, if you recall. We did, yes. And uh, I went on a uh, somewhat passionate mini rant how everyone claims that there's cucking going on on the Monday Night Raw, Rich. And... uh I disputed that. I, I said I saw no cucking. Now, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, do you respect the Merriam-Webster? I do. Yeah. I, I, okay. So I know what you're going to talk about. I do. I respect them in all things except for this. I might not like. I think. Well, I think every other that. word, every other diction, every definition they have, I think is good. I don't know about this one. This one's a little shaky. But yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I, I'm going to get to that. Okay. According to that dictionary or any of the others you might, what, what others do you respect? There's some other dictionaries out there. Oh, dictionary.com. Uh, yeah. What does dictionary.com yeah. say relative to? Well, that, is that the same? That is not the same. Let me let me actually find out here while you're doing yeah, you that. You can pull that up, sir. But these reputable dictionaries will give you sort of the old English definition of cuck, which is, uh, which is basically any man that is cheated on by a spouse. That's basically the gist of it, right? You have one for me that's uh, – more uh, literal here. What do you got for me? Did you get the so dictionary? this is dictionary.com uh, says here they don't have cucking. They have cuck, though. Uh, cuck, yeah. As, cuck. Yeah. And, cuck. and theirs is, quote, a cuck is a weak, effeminate, unmanly, or inadequate man who is often dominated by their female partner is considered derogatory slang. Now, see, that 
I believe. Now, now that's what I'm going to get to because I've got another dictionary, Rich, because I am not disputing the old English uh, definition of cuck, which is literally any man that's cheated on by a spouse. Dictionary.com, though, has more of a uh, modern definition of the word. Rich, I like to use the urban dictionary.com. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're- are you a fan of the uh, Urban Dictionary? I am, yeah. There's there's ways, you know, I'll hear a word or I'll see something and I'm like, man, I have no idea what that means. And I, I, I frequent the old Urban Dictionary. So, yeah, no, I've, I've been a long time fan of the old Urban Dictionary. So, particularly the, the examples. Ur- My favorite part is the examples. <laughs> like the, They use it in a sentence. Like, those make me laugh every single time. So, And I'm absolutely going to read the examples. <laughs> but sure I knew you would, yeah. The Urban Dictionary, Rich, keeps it real, as they like to say. You know what I mean? So, I trust... The Urban Dictionary definitions. Here's what it says for cuck, the top definition on the old UD. Are you ready? Yes. A man who is desperate for acceptance, approval, and affection from women. This desperation has led to the compromise of his beliefs and values, the desecration of his dignity and self-worth, and the inability to stand up for himself uh, for what he deserves as a human being. I, uh, E.g., loyalty, fidelity, and honesty in a romantic relationship. Very similar to the dictionary.com definition. Here's the number two definition for cuck on the Urban Dictionary. A man who lets his wife or girlfriend have sex with other men. Often the man lets her do whatever she wants and treat him like shit. Short version of cuckled. And the example is, John watched his wife get fucked by another man. What a cuck. (laughs) (laughs) I like how they worked cuck into the example. In In like the worst, (laughs) like like in no way, like that would be a terrible way to like explain what a word means by just using it to describe somebody afterwards. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not used like well at all, but I I appreciate how it, how it went. The the laziest way possible. (laughs) Just at the end, like tag it onto the end of the sentence. What a cuck. Definition three. Originally a term to describe a man who loves watching his wife fuck other uh, fuck another man or multiple men at the same time while he just watches and masturbates. Nowadays, it's basically a term for a pussy who lets women walk all over him, a.k.a. a doormat. Example, Jim. Last week, my wife wouldn't let me drink a beer. I only wanted a single pint. Biff. Dave, you're such a cuck. Stand up for yourself for fuck's sake. So there you go. I don't know what's going on there. Biff the first guy, Dave. Well, the first guy was named Jim, and then Biff is talking about Dave. So I listen. It's early dictionary. A little loose, yeah, a little loose there, but that's all right. Point here is, I'm not going to keep reading. Those are the top three examples. They they sort of match the dictionary.com definition. Here's what I think is happening here, Rich. Okay. Uh, yes, by literal old English definitions, there is cucking going on on Monday Night Raw. But here's what I have to say. I think the definition for cuck has evolved since like the 1500s. Sure. Oh, I would say it's evolved in the last, you know, 15 years. I mean, I think the porn industry has definitely altered that word a lot. Absolutely. And I think that here's what's going on. It's going to be a little John Madden-ish, but try to follow me. You got a teleprompter here? What do we got? What do we got going? Because, I just I gotta I gotta do it in a John Madden sort of way because it's kind of confusing. You tell me if you're following along. So right? I, I want to do one little bit of research while you're. Are we looking up the word? Are we gonna go with cucking or cuck? I'm gonna try to do a Google trend to see how this word has uh, evolved well, over the years as well. So cuck. All kind of the same, but yeah, go, go with cuck. But anyway, okay. so what I think is happening here is I think we're both wrong and right at the same time, and here's why. I think that by the literal definition, original definition of the word cuck. 
there's cucking going on on Monday Night Raw for sure. But in my opinion, when people make their Monday Night Raw cuck jokes, they're talking about the newer definitions of cuck. And if you notice all the ones we gave, it's all where the man being cheated on is in approval of it and enjoying it in some form or being walked on or, you know, being used as a doormat. I think that's what people mean when they're saying it for Raw, but they're accidentally right because the old definition actually matches what's going on on Raw. Because none of the men on Raw are being cucked in sort of the newer definitions of the word. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, like, everyone's right and everyone's wrong at the same time. I don't think we're wrong. I don't think we were wrong what we said last week. Because I think a lot of the people who are throwing out those cuck jokes, in reality, are using the newer definitions for cuck in, in their mind. But that's not what's happening on Raw. And let's face it, every one of these people have been, you know, have watched, are, are watching the porn and understand. Yeah, so, so what you're essentially saying is the people that are saying, oh, Russo is being cucked on, on Raw or whatever – don't know the 1800s version of cock was just being cheated on. They think it's like what the current version is. You're not giving those people enough credit for knowing the history of the word cock. I'm absolutely so. not giving those people. No one is using the old English definition of cock. They're using the, they're trying to make jokes that Rusev is a, is a doormat or a, or a patsy or, but, but I don't think he is. I mean, if you watch the segment this week, he's totally against all of this and he's mad. Like, he's not enjoying this in any way, shape, or form, and he's not taking it laying down. He beat up Lashley before Lashley hit him in the nuts and stood over him and made out. Well, with his this wife. week, this but, week in particular, because we we heard the uh, the disturbing news that uh, Rusev is a sex addict too. So now we know officially that he doesn't take enjoyment in watching other people have sex with his wife because he wants to have sex with his wife. A that's lot. right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I don't. Again, I, I think because it isn't 1590, and this isn't some Shakespearean play. I, 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 I still disagree that anyone's being cucked on Raw. I, I am, I am, I, I still say that while I respect the Merriam-Webster dictionary, okay, I believe that the term has evolved over the years and it means multiple things now. And people are accidentally getting it right when they're saying that people are being cucked on Raw. Basically, that's what. I, am I making any sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Google. They have a Google Books like Ngram viewer where you can see it. Like a word has been used in books and 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 whatnot. And uh, so it only goes to 2008, though. So unfortunately, we we don't know the current. Because I would say in the last 10 years, the word "cock" has definitely uh, uh, accelerated <laughs> in use and and in uh in. But um, 1899 was actually the highest use of the word "cock." Uh, ever in history in, in, in books. And, and that and, would be the old definition. Correct. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Because then, yeah. so what's interesting is so, uh, and this is a great, you know, it's a great trip down memory lane here. So 1890, Cuck is at its most popular that it's been, you know, in hundreds of years. 1899, it, it spikes up again. And then it really goes down until 1936, where it makes a triumphant return, the word Cuck. So I wonder where uh, uh, exactly how that happened. And then uh, it, it falls pretty much f- until. The mid 2000s, and you can see by 2008 it's spiking. And I would love yeah. to see this chart <laughs> from 2008 to 2008 19, which I think now would probably spike well beyond uh, 1899 and 1936. So, well, I think that porn number one has spiked it, and then probably you know conservative pundits, I would say, have uh, sure. increased the usage of that word in in their own way there as well in recent times. So yeah, that's what's going on with cuck. I don't think anyone is wrong, and I think everyone is right. Uh, in terms of the uh, is there cucking going on on Raw? Because it depends on your definition. Look at it this way, Rich. I- I'm going to compare cucking to work rate. Okay, and here's how I'm going to do it. Originally, 
what work rate meant was literally how hard a wrestler worked, right? It was just the amount of action in a match. That's all. It did. The action didn't have to be good. The action didn't have to make sense. Right. It was the rate uh, of work. It was. It was literally as it sounds. Yeah. Literally, if you said, "Give me a rest. Give me any wrestler from 1970. Just name one." Uh, Nick Bockwinkle. If you said, <laughs> "Man," Negative, I'm sure. <laughs> if you said. You, you got to respect the Bachwinkle, my friend. I, 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 you always slander the Bachwinkle. I love the Bachwinkle. Anyway, the point here is good promo. If, good promo, but no, no. <laughs> if if in if in nineteen, you're my friend. That's a show for another day. But you couldn't be more. But anyway, um, if it were nineteen seventy five and somebody said, "Man, Nick Bachwinkle's work rate was off the charts in that match," they just meant that it was a high action match where he never threw on rest holds and there was a constant stream of action. Over the years, the term work rate has evolved into something slightly different. Now, when people say a wrestler has a good work rate, they mean he's a good worker. They mean he has good matches. It isn't just about, um, you know, uh, being a spot monkey or, or, or you know, uh, just, just having a lot of action in your matches. It also means you're good at wrestling. Neither of those definitions of work rate are incorrect. But which one is getting used these days? No one is saying work rate to describe the amount of action in a match, right? I mean, that's how I view cuck. It's like no one's using the old definition of cuck anymore. Just like no one's using uh, uh, the old definition of work rate. Another one is high spot, right? Rich, by definition, a high spot is simply uh, a, a point built up in the match to elicit and a reaction from the fans, right? That's all a high spot is. A high spot could be a side headlock takeover or or, um, you know, just a kick to the gut. Or a high spot can literally be anything if the wrestlers are good enough and build to that spot and then elicit a response from the crowd. But when people say high spot nowadays, it's evolved into a flashy move. Right. right? A top rope move, it's, a tope, a suicide dive, something big and, 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 yeah, big and flashy would probably be the best way. Yeah. So when people in 2019 say that match had a lot of high spots, you know that they're not talking about carefully built up spots in the match that elicited a response on the crowd. No, they're talking about flips with a Z. They're talking about moves. They're talking about, uh, you know, uh, lots of flippy do's and shit like that. But again, that's a word who a wrestling word that's that's definition has evolved over the years into something that it didn't mean originally. And it, it, it still means that original thing. You can still have a high spot. That's a side headlock takeover. Right. But people will be confused because the definition has evolved over the years into something else entirely. Anyway, that's why I say when we're dealing with cuck, I think we're dealing with something very similar to work rate and high spot where the definitions have evolved into something else entirely. And people are almost never talking about the original definition when they talk about those words. There we go. Education. You learn something. <laughs> Not only are we entertaining, we're educational, and that's you, you can't beat that. But uh, I was I, I watched a little bit of the uh, the old Monday Night Raw this week, and uh, particularly the closing angle. I was one of the few people because a lot of other people did not watch uh, the closing angle. Decided this is not for me, and, and turned away uh, to watch other things. But um, one thing I noticed, and 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 I cut, a light bulb came off my head. Where the angle is, and as you described, so, so Rusev comes out there, uh, and he's, you know, they're doing divorce court between Rusev and Lana, and Lana says, well, Rusev just wanted to have sex all the time, <laughs> morning, noon, night, WrestleMania, backstage, the doctor's office, like, he just wanted to have sex too much, and that was too much yeah. for me. Um, 
it, it's interesting because her way of getting back at him is to have sex with Bobby, La- which it's weird. But hey, whatever. She's I, I guess we're supposed to boo her and think that she's maybe not you know on the up and up. But as I'm thinking about this, I'm trying to kind of connect the the fucking angles and the the, the wife fucking angles on Raw and I'm, you know because Mike and Maria that's kind of. I think that's kind of gone right now, isn't it? Like they're not really, they didn't really follow up on that right now. So we can kind of keep them out of this, but I don't, yeah, I don't think Mike has been on TV since he asked to be released. Yeah. I don't Unless think I so missed him somewhere, so, but anyway, yeah, I don't know what the next step in the, uh, of that wasn't it ricochet or something. I don't know who, yeah, I think that's who they pointed out. So, uh, but I'm thinking though, I'm looking at the, wasn't it the, the street profits, wasn't it the street profits I, I maybe know. that, that I, were hinted at is not going to, yeah, All maybe right. it was one of those. I, I forget. I, I forget exactly what, what the hell they did with that story, but I, or, the, gonna... or the street profits or the, the street profits were mocking him for someone knocking her up. I don't I think, think the yeah, I the think that they that pointed did. Ricochet as being the one that did it, and then they never followed up on that uh, after that week. So the real life superhero Ricochet uh, uh, doing that stuff. But what I was thinking though is, as we're going over this, and and you know, Lana doesn't want to have sex with Rusev because Rusev wants to have sex too much, and, and a light bulb went off in my head, and I can solve all of Raw's issues in in one sl- slight move here. So Drake Maverick wants the twenty four seven title. And doesn't want to have sex with his wife, right? Correct. Rusev only wants to have sex all the time. Lana doesn't want to have sex all the time, but just sometimes with Lashley, right? Correct. I'm thinking we got to have Rusev and Renee Michelle, Mrs. Drake Maverick. We're there, right? Drake can go after the 24-7 title and not have to worry about fucking his wife. Rusev can fuck his new wife all the time. And then Lana doesn't have to fuck Rusev that much. She can just fuck Lashley sometimes. You know what's interesting about that? That would make Drake Maverick a cuck. Exactly. And then we have our cucking angle. And we've come full circle. Because he would be fine. He'd be like, you know what, honey? Yeah. Let Big Rusev he, give it to you, man. I want that 24-7 title. Like, he'd probably watch. Like, Drake, Drake looks like the guy that would probably – he'd be he'd have his title, and he's like, yeah, all right, cool. Oh, yeah, as long as she's happy, right? And that's what he would say. Like, you know, I, I, I want you to be happy, and I can't do that because I'm worried about this 24-7 title. So, hey, Big Rusev here. He wants to fuck all day and all night. So, hey, go ahead. And we got it that there. Would then really, we have a cuck angle. That would solve everyone's problems. <laughs> no more arguments about what cuck angles are. Everybody would and, get and, what they want. It's perfect. Yeah, and it would give us a legitimate modern definition cuck scenario. Because as you said, Drake would be into this because it would keep his wife off his back while he could concentrate on the dopey title. So he'd be happy with it. I solved it. We're done. <laughs> Three stories woven into one and, and Twitter arguments ended forever. So, um, or for that day, at least I guess that's what I remember for that, that hour or whatever, but I, I solved it. So there you go. That's uh, it's interesting. So that's, that's my night raw. By the way. That's what's going on over there on raw. It's, <laughs> Believe yeah, it or not, I, it is a pro wrestling show. I think uh, you wouldn't know it, but yeah, it uh, it is apparently a pro wrestling show. Well, I listen. I think there's no better transition uh, from the cuck follow up to uh, Rich. Have you ever nicked your balls with a pair of scissors or a razor when you're trying to groom your nuts? Oh, all the time. So, so I have a um, I have something that I shave my my beard and my like chest hair with, and sometimes I'll try to go down there. You know what I mean? I'll try to clean the area up a little bit down there, and yeah, it nicks all the goddamn time, and it fucking sucks. 
Yeah, it, it's not good. You know, you get the, you know, you got your, you know, sometimes you get the tiger balls, you know, with the, you know, you got the little uh, ripples down there and you're getting down there with the razor and the scissor and you nick them up. It's painful. Bleeding, it's, not it's weird. Like you can't go into the room now. You can't be like, all right, honey, I'm ready for you. <laughs> like, you know, you're bleeding, you idiot. And I'm like, yeah, I know it hurts a lot. But yeah, no, it's it's terrible. Sometimes I think I got a nice clean shave on my balls. But then, you know, when I get in the right light, I'm like, how did I miss all those hairs? How did this happen? <laughs> I sliced myself open 19 times and I still missed 90% of the hairs. Uh, well, listen, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, Rich. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer will not nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Listen, you, you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls, right? Right. I do, but I shouldn't. Like, that's just because I only had one and I was stupid. And I didn't. So, you know, I cleaned it off a little bit, but it's not the same. They know where, you know, the, it knows where it's been. It's been down there. It can't go up here. Like, you know, other people know that too. They know that you're shaving with the same shit. That's right. Manscaped has specific razors made for your balls. Okay, they've got the crop preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Where else are you going to get this stuff? Okay, you put deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you putting deodorant on another smelly part of your body, your balls? Now, listen, I take issue with that. I, Joe Lanza, do not have smelly balls, just for the record. But I understand that some of our listeners that, may have this issue. Rich, do you have smelly balls? I, I you know, I'll be honest. I, I don't think anyone who like. I'd like to confirm that at some point. If she, if my if the wife wasn't sleeping, I would I would go in there and ask her, "Hey, <laughs> honey, do my ball like I played basketball a little while ago, so I'm pretty sure they smell today, but usually they probably don't." So, listen, I have been <laughs> too much information. I'm sorry. <laughs> the lack of scent uh, with my balls, but listen, I understand that you know sometimes balls can be a smelly part of the body. They provide you with the anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer, which can take care of that. You get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Okay, from Manscaped using the code VOW at manscaped.com. You should always use the right tools for the job. Don't be using those face razors uh, for your balls, and your balls will thank you. Okay, so here's what you need to do you get 20% off and free shipping with the code VOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code VOW. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with this special offer just for our listeners, Rich. If you haven't heard me the first uh, couple of times, it's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So uh, to get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code VOW. Again, that's manscaped.com. Use the promo code VOW and get your 20% off and your free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Use promo code VOW. Have you had a chance to uh, try out any of the, uh, the the goodies they gave us? I am a man who takes meticulous care of the nether regions, the balls, the patch above the cock. I like to make sure I get the cock. <laughs> You're a patch guy? Come on. <laughs> I take care of the patch. I, I The cock sideburns, I think, are important. You know what I'm talking about. The cock sideburns, you know, you got to get those. And uh, yeah, listen, the Manscaped products... They work better than anything I've ever used before, particularly on the sideburns. And like I said, the balls, because listen, you think those things are shaved clean, right? And you know, you're in the shower, you're shaving up your nuts, and then you get in the wrong light and you're like, how did I miss 19,000 hairs? With these Manscaped products, it's no issue. 
And you don't have to worry, too, which is the best part. Those nicks and the cuts are always pretty bad. And, and I'm somebody who, you know, you said you're meticulous about it. You care a lot. I, I feel like I care a little bit, but then I opened up this this gift package that Manscaped got for us, and I was like, man, I didn't care this much. But I'm now caring. You know, I, I, I got in there. I got the I got the trimmer going. I got the toner going. I got deodorant going. I'm trying all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I've never I've never treated the old, uh, the old nuts as well as I have this last week where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, these things do, you know. They carry a lot of work. They do a lot of work here. They they deserve to get pampered a little bit. And, you know, I usually don't don't give them too much. So uh, it was pretty nice to to go in there, give a nice little shave to them, get the the toner. I put the toner on before we got in this show just to get ready and 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 feel the manscape difference. And and they definitely can. Yeah, it's 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 pretty remarkable. And yeah, you guys are gonna be able to get that too. Twenty uh, percent off plush free shipping. Uh, code VOW at manscaped.com. I really, really did enjoy it. And, and, and yeah, they sent us some stuff and some goodies. And God, man, that was some really fun stuff uh, to try out and, 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 and give work for. So I'm glad that, you know, we, we come at it from two different ways. You're somebody who meticulously cares for the, the region and, and you found benefits of Manscaped. And I'm somebody, I'm sure there's listeners too that are just like, ah, who cares? Whatever. You open up this pack, you open up the stuff from Manscaped and you will start caring. You have to care because you're like, God, these guys care a lot about this. These guys really do care about the, you know, your balls and, and and everything around there, and it's like, man, it's 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 you feel like you're pampering, you feel like you're you know, you know giving the balls a spa day uh, with this manscape stuff. So really good stuff here. Uh, promo code VOW again, twenty percent off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. Definitely go use that. I got some pics I'll show you uh, as well on our Twitter account at Voices Wrestling of what you can get uh, in the packs as well. I had the uh, the nurse take some pictures, not of my balls, but of uh, what we got on, uh, from Manscaped. So that's I know I know everybody was really excited to see my balls, my newly shaved balls. But no, unfortunately, it's just uh, the stuff. Why that don't have, you do so. a? Why don't you do your balls before and after? <laughs> you know, I floated it, and I was given a very weird looking face, and then no, but. You know, I told her, hey, this is the money, though. <laughs> like, you want to, you know, you want the new, you know, you want a new camera? You want some new stuff? You know, we got to get these Manscaped ads. So uh, she's warming up to the idea. So maybe if we get a uh, another uh, deal here on, on, on Manscaped, we'll we'll do the before and after. So I don't know. Can I do that? I don't think I can even do that. I, I don't know that I can do that. But maybe for the Patreon listeners, I can, I'm not doing that. I sent uh, TLB a text message, even though she's, I don't know, 40 feet away in another room. I sent her a text message that said, uh, please confirm that my balls smell good. Okay? I'm expecting her to come out of the, the room and, and come on the air and confirm this. Instead, she sends back a text. It's an emoji of a bundle of roses. Ooh, so is that not, wow. Is that enough proof for you? Wow. Listen, <laughs> I, take care of my, I take care of my balls. Unbelievable. Okay? Um. Mine is very asleep, or else I would ask her the same thing. But I'd probably get a different answer. I'd be like, "No, they fucking smell you, asshole!" Like, because I didn't because like, I didn't care before, but now I got that toner going. Like, she's gonna know. She's gonna know the difference. If I did smell before, I will hear about it. You know, after this, yeah. after I put the toner on there, after I put the deodorant, after I get everything trimmed, I'll hear about it for sure. Because she might, she might say, "Oh, I don't care. I never noticed." But then after this week, be like, "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> like, yes, they were terrible before. Now they're fantastic. So. She probably worked a 19-hour shift. You should go wake her up to ask her if you're bald. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd get in a lot of trouble, Mr. Joe. So it's for the show. I know. Well, she took pictures of the, the stuff for the show, and she uh, tried it's out important. Some, yeah, she was, she, was, she was having fun spraying me with the shit to try to figure out what all this stuff does. <laughs> it's like a lab experiment here the other day. But uh, anyway, manscaped.com, promo code VOW, 20% off, and free shipping on your first order there. Promo code VOW, manscaped. Dot com. All right, Joe, we are recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, people might be wondering why this is coming up a little early. Their, their Voice Wrestling flagship is coming early. Well, Thursday, our normal day of recording, you know, now with the new Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, not ideal because it's going to be Halloween night. So, um, 
yeah, we don't need dogs barking and doorbells ringing and all this sort of shit uh, going on. So we're recording a little bit early here. So it's going to be a different show, but kind of a, a unique show in a way that we don't really have any one big topic. We're going to talk about like the weekly AEW stuff. We're not going to talk about, you know, NXT, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world in terms of stuff going on in Japan. Uh, we have the New Japan Power Struggle preview, uh, Super Junior Tag League. We're going to catch up on that. Uh, so a big match in all Japan for wrestling that you and I both watch between Miyahara uh, and Jake Lee. But uh, let's start off first here. I know you wanted to talk about this, uh, you know, earlier in the week. Uh, Over the Top Wrestling in, in Ireland had a incredible match this week. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus David Starr. And you want to talk a little bit about the build and some of the promo videos and just everything that came into the match, too. And then, then we'll talk a little bit about the match itself, which released about, I don't know, about five or six hours at, uh, you know after we're recording this. So, um, or before we're recording this, I should say. So I was able to watch it and check it out. So I have some thoughts uh, on the match. But what do you think of, of, of the build, of the videos, and all the stuff kind of surrounding uh, that match before we get into you know some bigger details? Well, I mean, it's some of the most well-done stuff that you'll see, not just on the indie level, but but on any level in pro wrestling. Um, and I know you agree because I know you 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 love some of the stuff that they've done. Uh, but but yeah, the 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 promo videos and um, uh, the the promos that were cut by both Devlin and Star, building up to this thing, and the the angle that they took to establish the story, which I mean. You know, so you have Devlin, who's you know basically at this point, you know, the king of Ireland and 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 the ace of that promotion, and but he's an NXT UK guy, right? And you have David Starr, who's the whole you know independent thing, and and uh, you know the super uh, uh, hardcore left wing, uh, you know, uh, socialist, and 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 you know always um, going against the grain. When it comes to, in particular, especially WWE and, and ROH owned by Sinclair and and uh, and and everything, and so it's sort of this perfect dynamic where OTT sort of positions Star against the NXT UK guy, and you know it sort of uh, uh, created a scenario where Star then had the majority of the fan support. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it described anywhere from an eighty twenty split to a ninety five five split, but it was very clear that. Um, star was the favorite in the building and it's like you know and it's it's it, it it's very subtle it's this isn't this isn't uh devlin as a heel who turned on star his tag team partner or any other old school wrestling trope which would make you a heel it's sort of just um you know rooted in reality and and real life personalities and devlin isn't even necessarily a bad person in this scenario he just represents uh, the opposite of 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 uh, you know, especially with the climate in the European wrestling scene as it is, and the the perception and the reality that WWE sort of destroyed this burgeoning scene. So you 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 leverage that right into a wrestling story. Of course you do, and and it resulted in you know, Star wins the match, and there's just this huge emotional response to that because. You know, in some ways, that was uh, you know um, figuratively defeating um, all that is evil with the WWE and what they've done to the scene over there and what they represent and 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 what you had here was just it's it's pro wrestling at its core. What pro wrestling was meant to be, you had people working themselves into a shoot, which is great. You know, yet yet people who were rallying around David Starr and 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 legitimately 
uh, hating, uh, you know, who and what Devlin represented. And it made for a dynamic that uh, really we haven't seen on the independent scene in, in who knows how long, haven't seen an American Indies in God, I can't even think of the last example of something that, that had fans this wrapped up in the story and, and, and this emotional over a match result in all of the right ways, uh, which they accomplished here, let alone on the Indies, but really, again, you know, as I said with the, the promo videos and whatnot, I would say even in most Major League Wrestling couldn't match what, what OTT created here. So. No, it was it's fantastic. Yeah, the, the thing that I liken to, and then I'll talk a little bit about the build and the match as well. The the the, the angle that I always kind of come up in my mind, and if people have never seen this and never gone back and checked it out, it's it's well worth your time. Is uh, the CM Punk when he was leaving Ring of Honor, the original Summer of Punk, not the WWE uh, Summer of Punk that ended up with Kevin Nash and like a bunch of other bullshit. But the whole idea, if, if people weren't around or watching Ring of Honor at that time, is that everybody in the world knew that CM Punk signed with WWE and that he was going to be gone, and they they touted his one match as okay. This is the last match of CM Punk after. After this match, he's leaving and going to WWE. It's for the title, and okay, yeah, but he's going to WWE. So you can't, you know, you, you assume everybody in the building kind of thinks, oh, there's no way CM Punk's going to win the title because he's going to WWE. He's leaving right now. They made it abundantly clear that he was gone and he was leaving. So then he wins the title, and there's this like shock and this emotion of like, wait, what? Like, and initially it's like a cheer, like, oh, cool, CM Punk won the title, even though he's going to WWE. So is he going to like hang around or hey, what's going to happen? And little by little, over the course of, I don't know, maybe it's only about two or three months or whatever, I think, or no, it might even been shorter than that, he has a series of matches against guys in Ring of Honor, and each time it's like, wait a minute, this fucking WWE guy keeps winning. And little by little, you see the crowd erosion to the point where by the final few sh- matches that he's having, people want this guy dead. People, you turned your back on us, you're going to WWE, and he cuts promos talking about, oh, I can't wait to you know get out of this bingo, or the minor leagues and these bingo halls and all that sort of stuff and go to the, the bright lights of WWE or whatever. And it just brings out this illicit, like just carnival, you know, carnivore, I should say, emotions out of these crowds that are just like, fuck you, get out of our ring, get out of our company, like go away. If you want to go to WWE, just fucking go and get out of here. And that's like the same thing I got with this Devlin Star thing where it's like Devlin, I mean, and, and they talk about it in the commentary of the match as well, is the guy that earlier this year you know wins you know a big match earlier in the year and the crowd goes nuts like this was their guy this was the irish ace like this is everything that they ever wanted but star was able to kind of in a way talk his way through manipulating the crowd and saying no you know what you root for this guy but why do you root for this guy like you should root for me like why you know what is this guy giving to you he's he's uh, he's gonna leave he's gonna go to WWE. i'm gonna stay here with you i'm always gonna be here and and i'm all you know and and you've seen this really cool thing and they talk about it in the commentary as well that that star through almost no actions just words made a crowd that was rabid for devlin their hometown guy and then, like you said, it's like 90-10 where they're like, no, fuck this guy. We love David Starr. And it's like it's it's unbelievable if you've watched OTT and if you watched Jordan Devlin is like that just through the power of a, a few promos, a little bit of videos, and a little bit of words, David Starr was able to kind of take the crowd and lead them down his path and against the guy that they've been rooting for for years and years and years. So it's, it, it's, it's amazing in that sense as well. And what's cool about it too, and this is where I bring up the match a little bit uh, as well, which, by the way, I uh, – I don't know if it's going to win my match of the year, but it is absolutely in the top five. It is in my running for sure. I went full five with it. I thought it was fucking tremendous. 
Uh, the crowd reactions are incredible. Just the, the crowd atmosphere is incredible. The match is really good as well. There's just so much stuff to really love about uh, about this one. I, I you know I know that you haven't had a chance to watch all of it yet, but when you do, I want to hear your thoughts on it too because I think you're going to absolutely fucking love it um, as well. So I won't spoil anything or talk about kind of what happens you know in, in the final because there's something that happens like right at the end of the match that I know you're going to eat up and and maybe I'll spoil it earlier when you talk about stuff going on in the U.S. Indies where it doesn't quite hit that hard. But one thing that I really really liked about the match too, and and it plays into the build too because. In the build and in the videos, when they have Star and they have Devil out there and they're they're interviewing him, uh, they're interviewing them. Half of the screen is black and half of the screen is white behind them, because there's this idea of like, okay, who's good and who's evil in this? And the promo is is David Star saying, no, 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 I'm good. He's evil. Like he's going to WWE or whatever. And Jordan Devlin being like, oh, dude, like he tried to go to WWE a bunch of times, but he never got there. Like, like I'm the one who's been in Ireland. Like, who the hell is this guy? So you get this thing in the video where it's like, okay. You know, David Starr is telling the crowd, no, 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 you go with me. I'm the, I'm the smart one. I'm the one that's, that's got your back. And turn against Devlin, and Devlin's also at the same time going, no, 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 what are, what are you doing? Like, you know what he is. You know what this guy is. Like, I'm your good guy. And there is this black and white and the shades of gray between these two guys. And what's interesting is when they come out for the, the, the match, David Starr, and I think they played, they, they knew that this was going to be the reaction too, so they played to it. David Starr is wearing white trunks, and Devlin is wearing black trunks. Mm-hmm. So symbolism right there, which is incredible symbolism as well. To, to, to know in the promos is black and white. They come out in attire in black and white. David Starr comes out in a black robe and then strips it off, and he's wearing all white to kind of say, "No, no, no, I'm not the bad guy. I'm the good guy." And it's like the crowd buys into it and, and, and goes all the way, which is another really cool touch. But also throughout the match, what you get is David Starr plays the babyface for most of the match, but then also goes for a nutshot when he has the opportunity to. And Jordan Devlin, who plays heel during most of the match has a chance to hit the guy with the title, but decides not to. And then also does a nut shot later in the match too. So you see a lot of these like weird shades of gray or heel face thing. And what I loved about this too, and I know this will, this will work for you too. And you like this is it to me, it felt very much. And, and this is going to seem like a wild thing, but I'm going to go with it anyway. It felt to me like an, 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 a Scorsese film where even your heroes are very flawed. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, any, any, bring up any Scorsese. That was one of his trademarks for years and years and years is that there's good guys and there's bad guys in all of his movies, but most of the good guys are kind of bad too, or they have character flaws or there's something wrong with them that makes you at sometimes go, mm, are they always the good guy? Maybe this guy isn't the good guy, <laughs> you know, like they always were really good about doing that. And you get that with this match too, where David Starr has got this, this cult like following and people are going nuts from or whatever, but he still uses a nut shot when he gets the opportunity to. And it's like, oh yeah, he is kind of still a dickhead. And you have this brief moment where you're like, wait a minute, this guy's been pulling the wool over our, our heads. Like, this guy's still an asshole. And then he wins, but you still are like, I, I like him better, but he's still not perfect. You know what I mean? Like, he's still kind of a shades of gray. He's still evil when he needs to be, and he's manipulative in, in a way, too. But, like, this crowd didn't care in that moment. They wanted him to win over Devlin. But I just thought, like, just insane dynamics in this match, too, between heel, babyface, good, evil, you know, WWE versus independent, like, just so much stuff in here. And the, and the aesthetics of the match, where, where Star wearing white and Devlin wearing black, and just the crowd reactions and everything that went around it was just tremendous. I mean, this is, this is fucking pro wrestling at its finest, Joe, and it's not hard. All you have to do is cut a few promos, have a few decent-looking videos, and be mindful of what gear you're going to wear in the match, and then just you know <laughs> wrestle a match. It's not, and it's 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 insane how few companies can do this, major or independent. But these guys can seemingly do it, you know, with ease. It, it, it's tremendous. And leveraging the real life feelings of the fans by working WWE into the story, who all of those fans loathe for what they did to their scene. Yeah, and the real heels here 
okay, were WWE. They were the, they were the top heel in this entire scenario. Neither wrestler it was WWE, and to a lesser extent, Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. You know that that that's that's really because they tapped into the real life emotions of these fans and what's going on in society and what and, and to a lesser extent and 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 to the forefront why they hate WWE for what they did to their scene and David Starr represented that's why they sided with Starr and OTT knew they would side with Starr and because he represents you know the antithesis of all of that and that's why it got that enormous emotional response and it's the type of emotional response that WWE hasn't gotten out of their fans. I, Rich, when is the lit? It would have to be someone you brought up already. Maybe Punk in 2011, right? Money in the Bank in Chicago. Money, yeah, 2011. That might be the last time, for sure. That Maybe is, the Dana you know, Bryan. Maybe the Dana Bryan thing from WrestleMania 30, the build there. <sighs> it went on a lot of weird I'd paths, have, but, <laughs> but, but it, it kind of got there. If you go back and watch some of the stuff, it got, it, it got there, for sure. You know what? I'm not giving them credit for that one because they had to be dragged kicking and screaming exactly, into that one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not giving them credit <laughs> not for ideal. that. Not ideal. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't want to do it. And I'm not even sure it's the same. I, but I mean, that's the point. And, and it's like, you know, and, and, and as far as, and I'm watching all of this play out and I haven't even seen the match yet, but I've watched all of the, you know, uh, clips that people captured on their phone and, just watching this, and I obviously watched the whole build, and I've I've followed Devlin's year, and he's a top ten wrestler this oh, year. Oh, dude, Make Joe, mistake. you're gonna love it. it's a fight, man. These guys, you there's no hammer locks. There's they start out and they just take each other down. They're just punching each other for like ten minutes. They just punch each other, and they just Rich, throw kicks and layer. I mean, you're gonna fucking love it. I, I'm positive. I know I'm the only one who cares, but he's the MVP of NXT UK, and that's like the least of his accomplishments. He's been. <laughs> right. He's he's just he's a top ten wrestler this year. There's no question. People used to call him like dollar store fucking Finn Balor, and he's way better than Finn. Oh God, he is, he's last Finn Balor. This he year. has yeah, he is just so much better than Finn Balor at this point. And I and Finn Balor hasn't done anything to. to it's just that this guy is just blown right by him. I mean, it, it, it's um, it's just incredible. He's a, he's legitimately a top ten wrestler this year, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, and you look at. It's just such a shame, you know, what happened in in Europe because I thought that there was a time when progress would tap into people's emotions on a similar level and WXW and 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 it's just, you know, um we we all know what happened. We don't have to go back down, you know, that road, but this was maybe, you know, one last hurrah for the scene or maybe OTT can keep it going, I don't know, but it's just a great moment and it's just I'm watching it all unfold and and then the next, you know, over the next couple of days where they, they, you know, they do the deal where Devlin is now out of OTT, right? Like, and, and he's leaving disgraced. Right. This week they that. said he, after, you know, disagreements with management, he has been, you know, yeah, yeah we're, we're not using him in the future. So. Which is great. I mean, that's how all the territories just to right off the heels. You would lose. You would be disgraced. And you would leave the area. Okay, Joe, and can I tell you how, what happened in the finish then? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay, so you know, you know, obviously, you know the finish. So, so what happens? I'm already spoiled is, anyway. It yeah, exactly. Make a yeah, <laughs> but you're still gonna like it all the same. I was spoiled too. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, what happens in the finish? And and this is why you know it, it goes to your point exactly. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. Is so Star wins the match and he lifts Devlin up. And now, how many times have we seen a guy lift the other guy up 
and shake his hand or give him a hug. And they both raise their hands and they go, yeah. Star picks him up and fucking lariats him and just drops him to the ground and then stands yeah. on him and holds the title. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just like, fuck you. Get out of here. Like, and, and, and Devlin kind of thinks, oh, okay, cool. We're going to have that, like, the hug and the handshake, and I'm going to get my good send off and all that sort of stuff. And Star just lariats the fuck out of him and stands on top of him and holds the title up. And I'm like, yes, that is how you do it. This guy's yeah. not coming back. You don't have to protect him. You don't have, no. to, you don't have to deserve anything. <laughs> you know, no. You lost. You're gone. See ya. Bye. And that's how wrestling was for decades. You do the job on the way out. You get humiliated by the by. You know the story ends with the right person winning, and and there is no saving face. There is no holding up each other's hands while Devlin points at Star. You know you, you don't have to do that, right? And then they announce that you know he's leaving the promotion, and that's how heels would always leave the territories. They'd be humiliated. They would leave in shame. You know, and, and again, with all that WWE stuff worked in, the story just hit people on an emotional level and it created an emotional buy-in that is so rare to see in independent wrestling. And, and you, 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 and it just, and I'm watching all of this and I'm, 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 it's just like, there's, there was real legitimate vitriol in these fans towards Devlin and WWE UK, the NXT UK. And that's that's what you want to tap into those real life emotions and that real life vitriol. That's why they got such a great emotional response. That's why everyone is throwing five stars at this and saying it's a match of the year, you know. And and, and there's just not enough of that. I, and I'm watching all this and I'm thinking we never get this in American indie wrestling ever, you know. And you 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 mentioned the summer of punk and there was an example. And then you had the ROH CZW feud, which I would put on that level. For sure, um, yeah. you know, with the cage of death and all that, yeah. and then, you know, and you could even say uh, uh, generic Osteen, right? I'd put that at that level or close to it, where there was a clear cut baby face in that one, and nobody rooted for Kevin Steen in that feud. You know, that was so well done. How could you not be rooting for Generico in that? You know, so that's another one that was a, a. But ever since then, and if you notice, Rich, all of these examples we're coming up with are Ring of Honor, right? in the previous era of, of ring of honor. And, and there are other lesser examples too. the, the, the Brian Danielson, Morishima feud. How about the homicide uh, rise in ring of honor and eventual title win? You know, I, 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 you know, I was at all those matches. I would definitely put that uh, uh, slow build to homicide, finally winning the title up there. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and you know, it, they're all ring of honor examples though. And that was an entire generation ago at this point of indie wrestling. You know, and what have we had since? Okay, we had the um, we had the dream match slash super indie era, right? You know, with PWG and all those great matches, and then all of the other promotions that were putting together dream matches all the time, and all the super indies. But you really never had the stories to go along with it. All we had were the great matches that were lacking the stories. All right, they were just trying to put together the best matches possible. Then everybody gets signed, so you can't have dream matches or super indies anymore. And for PWG, just to put together cards, they got to go farm Australia and Mexico just to put cards together because the talent is so shallow in in the United States and Canada now, right? So what replaces the dream match and and super indie era? It's sort of like this, uh, you know, comedy, tongue-in-cheek, irony era that we're in now, right? And again, um, you know, some people, I I hate the modern U.S. indie scene. I I think 
the U.S. indie scene is at its lowest point since the indie boom began in 2002. I truly believe that. I am less interested in independent wrestling today than I have ever been in the last 17 years since independent wrestling had its boom. And the reason is, I am not into irony wrestling. I am not into comedy wrestling, and I'm not into deathmatch. And I think that, listen, I respect the fuck out of Game Changer Wrestling. I think I've made that clear on this show many times. I think they uh, have done tremendous things. I, I, I respect the hell out of their rise. It just isn't for me because I'm not a big deathmatch guy. Um, you know, I, I can appreciate a good deathmatch, but I can't watch that on a weekly basis. It's just not for me. And really, there's no like great, what's the great story going on in Game Changer Wrestling right now? That's not what they do. Okay. They put together fun, compelling cards with chaos and wackiness. And, and, and believe me, it's working. Oh, yeah. it's, great to go, it's great to go live, too. Like, I really enjoy, you know, anytime I go to a, a live GCW show and they're in Chicago or I watch them or whatever, they do a great job. But like you said, there's only so much emotional investment I have in them. I, I show up to the shows and I go, ah, that was fun. And then I go home and, and that's it. Like, it's not going to re- nothing that I went to and watched or whatever is going to resonate with me 10, 15 years later, like I'm talking about now with, you know, old Ring of Honor stuff or old Summer Punks and all that sort of stuff. So, so, so that's, yeah, that's absolutely where it is. And, and you know, I see AEW live. Uh, as well in Chicago, and I think they do uh, as good a job as almost any right now in terms of telling stories and and stuff like that. I mean, I, I know again, like overall this year hasn't been like the best, but they've done a pretty good job. And right now they have you know Ace Romero, it, they're using him as kind of a guy on the up and coming or whatever. So they've been doing a decent job of telling stories. But yeah, there's there's overall though, it's like yeah, there are examples and people will probably come up with hey, this company is doing this, and like yeah, there are little examples here and there of companies that are doing well. But we're talking about the scene. In general, we're talking about the overall sense of the scene, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And look, I get it. Everybody got signed. It's an incredibly shallow talent pool. Okay? PWG is the pulse of the indies, and when they have to go to Australia and Mexico to fill out their cards, that tells you all you need to know. Okay? The talent that, you know, all of the top charismatic and, and, and quote-unquote work rate, ironically enough, since we just talked about the shifting definition of work rate talent, they all got signed either by – it's not just WWE and NXT anymore either. You have another – you know, have AEW now running, and they signed you know, a shitload of guys. And then you have all these other you know, promotions signing people to contracts with varying levels of restrictions and whatnot with Impact and MLW and NWA. It's just there's nothing out there. So I don't even you – know, that, that's definitely part of the problem. There's no question that the dearth of talent is part of the problem. And I think that has contributed to the rise of the deathmatch. And what really, you know, I think that left a nice little hole for something like Game Changer to fill. Because they came with a different cut. You can't, you can't go out there anymore and present matches, uh, cards with a bunch of great matches because there's not enough good wrestlers to do that. So what did Game Changer offer that nobody else could offer? Something completely different. And deathmatch is the kind of thing that rises like once per decade. You know what I mean, Rich? If you look at history, you know, uh, you start with ECW and look every 10 years. It's like, when did CCW rise up with all their, about 10 years after Yeah, 2004, 2004, 2003, somewhere in that range, yeah. You know, so about once a decade, you know, people get back into, it was a perfect storm for Game Changer, and they do a great job. And they leaned on highly charismatic wrestlers that WWE was never going to have interest in like Nick Gage and Joey Janela. It was a perfect storm. And again, I respect the shit out of them, but I'm never going to sit there and watch game changer shows uh, uh, every weekend. I can't do it. 
you know, I'll watch the hype stuff and I'll, I'll go to a Joey Janela spring break when I'm at a mania weekend, but it's just not my thing. And as far as the rest of the scene, no one has any talent to work with. So what does it leave a hole for? What is it, where, what's the void filled by? Comedy wrestlers, irony wrestlers, guys who have a specific kind of gimmick. That's why indie wrestling is full of this kind of stuff now. Because there was a hole left when everyone got signed. And then you're like, okay, it's, it's almost like a battle. What soldiers am I left with? Okay? And, and, and there was this, and I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to name, because that's not the point. I'm not trying to, like, put down these wrestlers or put down these promotions or get us yelled at by these dopey indie promoters when they get mad at us all the time. That's not my point here. I concede that they're doing their best. And I concede that, you know, some of these wrestlers that have risen up, uh, you know, it's, it's like they're the best of the rest and they're doing a good job and people are into this on some level. But where is the emotion? Where is it like what, what OTT? That, that cannot be done. The talent just isn't good enough. Okay, and no one's even trying. Everyone's just trying to out wacky each other. Well, and th- and that's I guess that's my my rebuttal to you saying, and, and we've always said that the you know there's always the next person. There's always the ne- and and yeah, there has been a shit ton of people signed. And you might say, hey, fuck it, there's nobody. There, but is that you? Know, is there nobody, or are you just not trying? Did everybody just decide, ah, fuck it, there's nobody. We'll just go with it. You know, there probably are guys out there. There probably are guys in training schools. There are probably guys working indies with, you know, 20 people in attendance that can fill that role. I, I really, truly believe that if you tried hard enough, you can create talent. And, and, and yeah, maybe they're not going to be tremendous, like, pro wrestlers day one. But we're talking about stories here. Everything that we've talked about here has been the emotion of a story, the emotion and the feel and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think you can create that with just about anybody. Yeah, they need to be somewhat talented. Yeah, they need to be able to cut a promo. Yeah, they need to be able to do that. But, like, how many places are giving people chances and how many people are just booking the same shit over and over again and, and, and having, you know, funny little matches? And, 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 and like you said, irony stuff here and there. I mean, I, even the new guys coming up are kind of leaning towards that irony, as, uh, you know, in the comedy stuff as well which well, again, like, so why wouldn't they that's what's that's what's and i get it i get it for sure yeah and and like you know i i get the the dearth of talent but like also i think there's a dearth of creativity going on right now almost more so than the dearth of talent look i agreed her out there how did new japan find carl fredericks how come nobody was tapping into that guy for the last half decade You're right yeah how did how did the nwa find ricky starks how come nobody was using that guy for a fucking I, decade? <laughs> Jesus Christ! On the show, we've talked about Ricky years, Starks for so much goddamn long. Ten years at this how point. Many, Eight how years. many years? Yeah. How many years have I been screaming at people that I that I'm watching this guy in Texas who is undoubtedly could be a, a you know a, a national indie star, and nobody bothered. Uh, and how did uh, how did New Japan find Clark Connors and and Alex Coughlin and these guys that are built like brick shit houses and are you, you watch these guys with a little bit of direction and a little bit of quality training? Carl Fredericks looks like he's going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. I, I, I mean, am I am I exaggerating? He looks like he's going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. But it's like everyone got signed, and what do we say at the time? It's like uh, you know everyone knew that was coming, and no one prepared for it. They weren't going out to look for Carl Fredericks and for Ricky Starks and for Clark Connors and these guys. And instead, what rose up into what rose up the card? The comedy stuff, the irony stuff, and deathmatch. That's what's filling the void. And and listen, if you're into the, the 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 indie scene, look, that's fine. I'm not even saying, look, if that's your thing, that that's great. Okay, but it's like, you know, there's a reason. I. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to name names. I promised I wasn't going to name names, but there's like a reason that some of the people who have risen up into these spots 
weren't main eventers before, and they've been on the scene doing these acts for a long time. Okay, but they were, you know, they were getting booked, but they weren't the top guy. Now they're the top guys because there's no one else to turn to. Okay, and 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 it's because these promoters, you know, they didn't prepare. A lot of them didn't prepare properly, and and look for the next wave and get the next guys. Why did it take so long for people to hop on? Uh, Jacob Fatu is another one. He didn't Grich. How he's long have people he's about, like? How did this happen? Like, how long have people been talking about Jacob Fatu? I know. At least a half a decade. Okay, at least a half a decade, and nobody bothered using the guy outside of Southern California until they were forced to. Until they were forced to. Nobody used Carl Frederick until New Japan found him. Right? It, 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 it's crazy to me. And look, I get it. There was some kind of weird political thing with Fatu and PWG, but that get, that's just PWG. Why didn't anybody else call the guy when his, you know, his grainy fucking videotapes were floating around everywhere? We were all going, Jesus Christ, how is nobody using this guy? You know, they could have established him, you know, underneath in the interim before you lost everybody else and everybody else got signed. So a lot of it hangs on the promote. But listen, you know, they, they, they feel like they're drawing with what they're doing and, and, and maybe they don't see a problem. And, and that's fine. But all I know is the American indie scene is fucking dog shit right now. And people can give me shit for that all they want. But it's not good. It's the worst it's been since 2002. Okay? And you see something like Devlin and, and Star. I want more of that. Okay? That's great wrestling. And that's something American indies haven't been able to do since the fucking heyday of Ring of Honor. And it's inexcusable. And to be honest, we all saw it during the Supermatch era, but we were too wrapped up in the great matches. But we all said at the time, no one's telling stories. That's not fucking uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Rich, that was the narrative then too. Yeah, but nobody cared. I mean, I, I, you know, I point blank talked to a guy, and he was just like, you know, somebody that was running a company, and they were just like, well, why wouldn't I book these great matches? Like, of course, I'm, you know, of course, you know, right now I'm going to do this because like I got fucking Zack Saber Junior. and Chris Hero. Like, of course I'm just going to have them wrestle each other. Why wouldn't you? And 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 we all agreed at the time. We all sort of said that 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 you know, yeah, of course, book these guys and and have these great matches as long as you can. But yeah, at some point. This is gonna, you know, this is gonna be untenable, and this is gonna be, you know, you, you can't keep this up, and 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 these guys are gonna be gone, and then what's what are you left with? And that's the problem is the indies didn't really prepare for that; they're not ready for what's next. And and there are companies too that have been around for a while too, and have been doing this thing for a while, and and maybe didn't jump in on the super indie scene either. That I don't know have really kind of risen to to to, to new heights either, because like you said, Game Changer found an opportunity, found a niche that wasn't being utilized. And and really came up and rose up like a phoenix. Like Game Changers have been around for a while, but it's really only been the last two years that they've they've established themselves as, if not one of the top indie in in, in America. And that's just by effort. That's just by saying, hey, this is a niche, and nobody is 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 serving it. So we're gonna go and we're gonna do it. And it, it's working. It's drawing. It, it, it's getting new crowds. It's getting new audiences. It's getting new fans. So that you know that's tremendous for them that they've risen up. But there's a lot of you know companies that have been around and maybe haven't utilized that as well or haven't sort of jumped on that to, to, to get to that next level and are just still kind of doing what they've been doing forever, which is fine. But like, I don't know. I, I like, I, I just think, I, I don't know. I would aspire to be a little high level. I would aspire to be a little bit bigger than, than some of these companies are right now. But well, well, see game changer, not only took advantage of the perfect storm I talked about before, but give them credit. They took guys like Joey Janela and Nick Gage and created their own stars. Yeah, Mance Warner is the guy who, too. I mean, that guy Mance was nothing Warner. for years, and now, yeah, is out of nowhere and is one of the biggest stars on the indies. And I think I think he's tremendous, too. So he's not a guy that I'm throwing in here. Mance yeah, War- I think Mance Warner's fucking great. So I love Mance Warner. And the thing is, 
you know, he's he's never going to be a work rate darling, but he has such a great gimmick and 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 works to his character so well that I love Mance Warner. And there's other indie wrestlers I like. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot I do not like, and there's a lot of promotions that do things that I that I do not like, and I think that uh, it's just not interesting right now. And it's it's it's. Uh, you know, and it's just it, and it and it and it just bothers me because you look at OTT and give me more of that. Like you can do that. You know what I mean? You can. That's not. They're showing you that you can do it. You know, and 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 it's it's like you know they, they they're taking what they have and and they had an opportunity to keep using Devlin through whatever relationship they have with WWE, but they they leveraged it in all the right ways. And created just a, a story that the American Indies haven't been able to touch in 15 fucking years. Okay. And it's frustrating because, you know, we all do deserve better. And you look at WrestleMania weekend and everything that's announced is wacky indie wrestlers, wacky indie presents, wacky indie show. And it's like, we're all trying to copy Joey Janela's spring break, which you're never going to be able to replicate that. Okay. That was the first, the original and, and everyone else is trying to like bottle that and you're not, you're not going to succeed. Okay. Cause Joey Janela is a special talent and he's got a special charisma and it was perfect. And it was just his kind of weirdness. And, and now we're all trying to copy that with insert gimmick wrestler here doing gimmick presents gimmick wrestling show. And I don't even blame these promotions, whether it's Game Changer or Black Label Pro or whoever else is going down in this year and doing that, because what else are they supposed to do? There's no talent. So you have to do this gimmicky bullshit because you're not getting people in the door with eight matches of what's on the scene right now. Sure. Right, right. And nobody wants to hear that. And I I may as well be the one to say it since everybody hates me already anyway. But you're not getting people in the door with the talent that's on the indie scene right now. So they have to do this. Okay, you have to do, you know, so-and-so's fucking, uh, you know, kink erotica show, and you have to do fucking, fucking Dan Housen's fucking clown show, and you have to do these things, because how else are you getting people, what's the hook then? Okay, what's the hook? I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to bury wrestlers here, but you can't put, you, you're not, where's the attractions? Okay. The, all the you know all the characters. Yeah, who, all the who's car- the X versus Y that that if I booked this WrestleMania weekend, you would say, Rich, I gotta go. I gotta be well, in 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 Tampa, Florida yeah. to see X versus Y. If I who could I even possibly even What's the match? Like what what and, like I'm I'm even thinking in my head of what okay, Joe, what about this match that doesn't involve like Vikingo versus Phoenix? You know what I mean? Like something like it's something that, like in America. Like if I'm sticking with just American independent talent and I'm saying, Joe, for my show I'm booking X versus Y. And now are you coming to Tampa? And you would say, Rich, I have to be there for that match. Run it through your fucking head and try to come up with the marketable matches with U.S. indie wrestlers. You have to, again, go to the luchadors. Okay, you can't go to Europe anymore because they're all fucking signed too. Okay? And, you know, at this point, the best of the Australians are all signed up as well because you're not getting Robbie Eagles probably this year if New Japan's doing a tour at the same time. And it's like... You know, where is it? So, yeah, you have to do these gimmicky shows. And and in past years, everyone knew the dream matches you wanted to see. Everybody knew them. You know, and, and Gabe Sapolsky would put them together or, or fucking WrestleCon would put them together. And, you know, WrestleCon, again, is probably going to have the best match lineup in terms of dream matches and stuff because they can they are able to tap into Mexico yeah. through their connections. Okay, so they, they might get your Vikingos or whoever else. And they tried to get Dragon Gate last year. Okay, but it's like, it's, it's just, there's nothing left. 
So this is why WrestleMania weekend is shaping up to look like just a bunch of fucking gimmick shows. What else can you do? Rich, I mean, look, listen, no disrespect whatsoever. I love them. I'll always love them. But the Rock and Roll Express are 60 years old and they are indie headliners. <laughs> and, and good, what? too. Yeah. And like one of the best teams on the indies, too. Yeah. And, and, but, and it's like, that's it. look, I would They've resurrected yeah. their careers I, after God. I mean, I saw them once in, what was it, 2002 or something in an indie show, and they were utter shit. They were just terrible. And I was like, God, I wish I – and they have completely resurrected their careers. If you look at the bookings that they've taken this year compared to the bookings they've taken over the last 20 years, they know. They're like, fuck, we're getting a lot of calls now. Let's go. Like they have become one of the biggest and most prolific touring tag teams. And how bad is that? How pathetic that again, as you're saying, nothing that's the rock and roll express because they rule, but it's 2019 and we're calling on the rock and roll express to come and, and, and be our, our import tag team. I mean, that's rich. They've never stopped working except the difference was five years ago, 10 years ago, they were doing, you know, smaller independent shows or they were doing convention. In right. The they were doing the convent- the shows that also featured Sid on, you know, like, yeah, it was just those sort of shows. The, the, yeah, I didn't yeah, mean to say or, that they weren't like working. They were working, but not like they yeah, weren't, like, they, were, they, weren't a, they weren't brought in to be like, hey, you're going to have a good match and be like one of our top tag. It was, hey, here's a bunch of old guys on a show. Oh, and the Rock and Roll Express are also here. So, no, they're, and it's like they were working like the Northeastern promotions that relied on the, you know, your, your PWSs and your Northeast wrestling style promotions. Right, right, right. And, and, and that's fine. And they were working the whole time. But now, because of this dearth of talent, I mean, look. Like I said, look what PWG does. They use all foreigners. Okay, there's no American and Canadian talent anymore. And 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 you look at the rise of of you know certain styles of wrestling because nobody can fucking there's no good workers anymore on the scene. And I say nobody, and everyone's going to get mad. I don't, don't take that literally. There's still a couple people out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't hate every indie wrestler. And and it's like. You know, and, and, and you have uh, – and, and that's why you have acts like the Rock and Roll Express, you know, rising up cards all of a sudden. And, and it, it's, you know, because the scene is fucking dog shit right now. And look, there's people – there's people – there's promoters and people out there attempting to get people over now. But it takes time. And this process should have started two years ago, Rich, when we were telling everyone that this process should have been starting. We were screaming. There's always talent out. You go to any – shindy show in a vfw hall this weekend and you're gonna find one or two guys where you're like those guys have potential someone else should be booking them because rich every time i go to an indie show no matter how small it is i identify a couple of guys where i'm like wow the right people need to get their eyes on this dude the problem is nobody was doing that uh you know and they weren't worrying about tomorrow and now we're in the situation we're in and i don't know how long the irony stuff and 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 some of this can last the good thing is I don't see a lot of these people getting signed. Okay. And that's, again, no disrespect. They're just not signable style. No one is signing. Uh, <sighs> promised I wouldn't do it. No <laughs> don't one, do it. Don't do it. There's no but it, it is because it's not meant to be disrespectful. But Rich, who on the Game Changer roster is ever getting signed? And that's another advantage they have in that they have a bunch of guys who are perfect for them. And they're never going to fucking leave. Yeah, they're the, they're kind of like the land of misfit toys, and it works. It works yes. awesome for them. But yeah, like Jimmy Lloyd's probably not getting scooped up, and that's again no offense to Jimmy Lloyd because he's he's become a superstar in game changer wrestling, which you know speaks to you know 
in some my point ways, before another right. star that they were able to make right so that's a, a credit to them but like jimmy lloyd is probably not getting that call from from you know paul levac saying hey jimmy how's it going pal like you know how right. would you like to come and train with us as i say that they're gonna fucking sign jimmy lloyd like tomorrow or whatever but you know um but yeah like marcus crane is probably not gonna get signed by them and and he's a guy right. who was toiling around on the indies doing nothing and decided to kind of reinvent his career so that's a benefit to them that yeah they have a lot of guys on that roster that are probably not going to get signed a lot of the top guys are, are are there for for the long haul so that's good again all a perfect storm and they've been there all along they were jersey championship wrestling for years and years and years and years and years they changed their name they had a new focus direction they leaned in on on some of these guys who who were super charismatic uh, like your nick gages and your joey janellas and then the jimmy lloyd push and everything else and it's it's a perfect fucking storm and 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 you know they're they are a massive success story and i respect the fuck out of them um, and I wish, I wish the style was more to my liking. That's a Joe Lanza problem. That's not anyone else. You know what I mean? I concede that. That's a Joe. I, I, you know, that I get. But the rest of the scene, it's like, who else is doing something, you know, to set themselves apart? Or are we all booking the same fucking 10 irony acts and, and rotating them around? And I mean, look, and then Game Changer, you know, they'll do fucking double headers with other promotions. The other guys will have empty front row seats and Game Changer has standing room only. And I, you know, again, I'm not going to name names. Yeah, but, I mean, it, but it's like. <laughs> but I was there and, for one that did that. So out, yeah. outside of New Jersey and Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah, the two outside of you know in fucking Chicago, everywhere. Yeah. You know, game changer. It's admirable. It really is. But and again, I could see that the dearth of talent is an issue. But it frustrates me. It frustrates me to see how great. I mean, fuck, man. Why is David Starr in Europe to begin with? That, How that's do you let that guy question. get away? That's the question I've had for years is when I first kind of started getting into European wrestling. And I was like, this David Starr guy, like, he's awesome. Like, we're, And I look and I'm like, wait, he's from fucking, what? what? Why is he in Europe? Like, why did he need to go to Europe to find, like, pro wrestling bookings? And it, it blew my mind at the time. And, yeah, he's a super, he's on, he should have been doing this in America for, for the last 10 years. But he's had to go to Progress and, and, and OTT and, and, and WXW to do it. It's, it's, it's fascinating, this guy. Needed to go do that and, and, and couldn't do it at home. It's it's just nuts. And granted, like AAW used them and they used them for a while. And I know he, he's done PWG, but it's like, you know, it's like, what were all these other promoters? Like, maybe he's a pain in the, he, I could totally see him being a pain in the balls. I don't know nothing about him. I'm sure some of his stuff he's leaning into a gimmick. I'm not saying that he doesn't believe in the things he says he believes in, but it's pro wrestling. Okay. Is he it's leaning in? The volume's in the turned on. Yeah, the volume's turned up. I mean, if he's a good pro wrestler, he turns up the volume. In terms of the value, and it's like, so maybe on some level he's a pain in the ass to deal with. Maybe that's why. I don't know. He was right under Gabe Sapolsky's nose. How come he wasn't using them? I, is there an issue where he didn't want to work for Sapolsky? Is there some kind of heat there? I have no idea. But my point here is not just to, to specifically pick on Gabe, but how does that guy end up basically living over there and doing great things over there when the scene looks like it looks like over here? I mean, really. Some of the people I see on top of these cards in main event spots. And that fucking guy is in Europe because no one will book him here. TJP, who looks incredible right now, okay? And now he's real. Now, if you try to book TJP, good luck between New Japan and Impact, okay? You missed the fucking boat. That guy was available for four months. With the state of the scene, you weren't booking that guy? Are you fucking kidding me? Why? Because a couple of morons on Twitter are going to fucking chirp at you? Because and the guy never did it. It broke a law or did anything wrong. He's not even. He's just someone people don't like. 
and you're not gonna and, and you're not gonna book that guy because you might get a little kickback from dopes on Twitter. Like, who cares what they say? Oh my god, I don't care what that guy was charging. He should have been headlining everywhere before you lost on the New Japan and Impact. Are you kidding me? You know, and it's like, and that's a perfect example. Before everybody got signed, he was a mid carter, but in this scene, he's easily the best of the fucking oh, bunch. For sure, yeah. Definitely. Well, holy shit! If I had a promotion, I'd be fucking, I'd be, I'd take any fucking date that guy could give me. Are you kidding me? Compared to what is being booked, holy shit! So it's like that. I don't understand either how some of these guys. And look, I get some of them might be tricky to deal with. I understand it's pro wrestling. Who isn't? You know, I I, I, I don't know, but it, I, I get I get frustrated with the state of the American indie scene when OTT is able to do that. Okay, I, it, it's it's frustrating. And and another thing too, you know, when, when we talk about talent and effort and all that sort of stuff, I mean, it, it, you know, we probably end on this as well. Is and I, I say this all the time when, when I see like good production in wrestling and good video production in wrestling. Like what, what OTT is doing, and, and they have uh, Sean Ryan, I believe is his name, who, who does the, the videos for OTT. And he does a tremendous job. But and, and this is no offense to Sean Ryan whatsoever. Like a lot of what he's doing is not like it, it's not that hard to do. Like he is fantastic at doing it. He's one of the best at doing it. There was Giancarlo who would do the Joey Janela stuff, was incredible at what he was doing. But what these guys are doing is just like a little bit of effort, like a little bit of video production, you know. And and that, yes, those guys can put their extra touches on it, and those guys are, are the best in their field no your stuff's not going to look as good as as, as sean ryan stuff no your stuff's not going to look as good as giancarlo stuff and he got hired by WWE. you know because of that like your your stuff is not going to look that good but you can put some goddamn effort into it and and and, like you watch those videos and we talk about the moxley video too you know that it goes back to that one too that guy produced it for you know he just said yeah i threw a little bit of money at it and produced this like it's not that hard to do this sort of stuff and and all it takes is just a little bit of a, a time a little bit of effort and a little bit of care and i talked about the things that i loved about this match was David Starr saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to wear white. Devlin, you wear black. Boom. How, that, how much money does that take? Guys have uh, fucking 15 different types of gear. You know, that's not too hard. We're telling this story of good versus evil. I'm going to be the good guy. I'll wear white. You be the bad guy. Wear black. How hard is that? That's not hard at all. These videos have a guy sit down and talk about themselves for a little bit. That's all those videos were. There was some you know, fun little graphics on there and fun little stuff that they did with it too. But at the end of the day, get a guy in front of a camera, put a light on him and film it. You know, when they come to the ring, the mat looks good. It's got their logo on it. There's lights everywhere. The crowd's shot well. It's like, it's just little stuff. Having some mindfulness of what your show looks like and what everything looks like. This stuff is not that hard, but people just don't do it. They just don't put the effort in. And, and, and it's frustrating because I watch this OTT thing and I see the people in the crowd there and I go, fuck, I wish I was one of those people. I wish I was there because I don't get this experience. You know, I, I can't, there's nowhere I can go to get this experience. AEW does a fantastic job with pro wrestling. I love going to AEW shows all the time. One of the best, you know, indie promotions I think over the last 10 years or whatnot, I've had the benefit of them being in my backyard while they've been running and, and, and having great shows and doing all that sort of stuff. But what they do and they do it well, it doesn't compare to this. It doesn't have that atmosphere and this feel like this does. It doesn't have that feel like it had when I was in the crowd for old Ring of Honor shows, when I saw Steen turn on Generico, or I, I saw all these sort of things happen, or Ladder Wars, or, or the Summer Punk, or whatever. Like That is like, it's just a different experience when you're there live for those. And creating those experiences isn't that hard. It just takes a little bit of effort, and a little bit of time, and, and, and a little bit of mindfulness, and, and, and people just don't have it. It's just, you know, they're, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what these, these companies are doing. I guess they're fine with what, what they have, so. I don't know. I'd try for more, but I'd try for this. I'd watch this and feel embarrassed, you know, that I'm running my shit bag indie or whatever. And then and, and how my look, my bat my indie looks and, and you know, my crowds 
there's 10 people in my crowd or, you know, a hundred people in my crowd and they're kind of politely clapping. Like I'd feel like, man, I could, I want to create stuff like this if I was running a promotion, but you know, some people I don't. Mean, so we should have these great, compelling stories peaking in Tampa this year at WrestleMania weekend. And what we're going to get is a bunch of clown shows is what we're going to get freestanding, you know, everybody grab a beer and have a good time. And there's a place for that, Rich. Sure. Oh, I love those. Yeah, I went to a few of those I, last WrestleMania you know, weekend. But is there a place for a half a dozen of them and nothing else? I mean, we should have a great, you know, we should be, all these indies should have been peaking, you know, year-long stories for WrestleMania weekend. And we should be, you know, emotionally invested in some of these companies. And Chikara used to do a great job of that. How great did Chikara used to be at long-term storytelling, even if it wasn't for us? Right. And you don't even there's not even any buzz coming out of there anymore over the last year or two, you know, and, and it, it, it's like, but we're not we're not going to get these, you know, uh, you know, random indie promotion, fucking whatever, peaking all of their shit like the way Gabe used to do. Yeah. Before, you know, it's like he used to peak all of it, the great Gargano fucking, uh, you know, rope match against Shingo and. And Ricochet beating Gargano in New Orleans. I can go right down the line. You know, whether it was Ring of Honor stuff or the Dragon Gate USA stuff or the Evolve stuff, everything peaked WrestleMania weekend. Good long-term stories. We don't it, it, it's Rich, it's over. Yeah. It's it's over for the US Indies. It's done. You know, now it's Marcus Crane's fetish show or whatever the fuck. Hey, listen. No, it's not. I mean, that's that, literally what it is. <laughs> you don't have to say I'm whatever the fuck. It, that's a no, real it's literally show. Marcus it's like, Crane's fetish. And, and, show, yeah. and, and there's a place for those shows. I just wish there was something that the wrestling fan, the hardcore wrestling fan could sink their teeth into, you know? And, and if there was, I'd go to one or two of those other, look, I went to Joy Janelle spring break two or three times. There's a place for that. And I, I like that well enough, but you know what? When I went to Joy, you know, I, I spent the rest of the day at, you know, other great shows. You know, it, it's like, you know, I, I, went, I went to Dallas. Yeah, I went to fucking Kaiju at the end of fucking, at the end of the night. But I saw all of those great fucking peak Evolve shows earlier that day with all of these dream matches and stories peaking. And, and, and I don't know. It's, it's over. I, it's over. WrestleMania weekend is dead. As we knew it, it's dead. Like, it still exists. And you can go there. And you'll and you'll see wrestling, okay? But now that Gabe Sapolsky's attention is firmly on WWE, and listen, these Evolve shows, Rich, when I watch them, are nice little shows. You get a good, solid two-hour wrestling show. Yeah, but they're not what they were. The they're, not, they're not. They're not what they were. It's a whole different vibe. And you know, everyone listening understands that. I'll tell you what, though, match for match, I still take Evolve over most of these indies. It's, they're good little wrestling shows. They're no frills. They're no nonsense. Okay? But it's like, you know, especially now that Gabe's attention is elsewhere, you can forget it. It's, it's just WrestleMania weekend has peaked. It probably peaked in Dallas. I think New Orleans was pretty good, but Dallas was like the last great one. Right? And New Orleans was okay, and last year was eh. 
right? You were there. How? Would you? It was last year. And it was he, fine. It was, yeah, I mean, there was some. There was some really, really good stuff that I liked. I helped. I, I think New Japan definitely helped it, and NXT had a tremendous show or whatnot. But no, I mean, it didn't. It didn't feel like wall to wall. Like, oh my god, like that Dallas. Like I was sitting at home. I did not go to Dallas. I wanted to go to Dallas, and then things happened, and I couldn't go to Dallas. That entire weekend, I was just like, "Fuck!" I hate myself that I didn't go here. And I was literally looking up flights on Saturday, being like, "No, I need to get there. I need to get there." You know, or on Friday or whatever. I think I was looking up flights to be like, "All right, look, can I can I leave in the morning and get there in time?" Because it was just like, "Yeah, it, 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 Dallas was was probably it. That was definitely the one where I felt like, man, I need to be there for sure." I think that was the peak, you know, and the couple, the couple after that were okay. And last year was eh, and this year is shaping up. Look, what we've had announced is not good. We know that the WWN is not going to be great because Evolve is what it is now. And, um, you know, unless somebody comes out of left field and gets fucking Dragon Gate to show up, unless someone gets Japan to save it again, which let's face it, that's what happened last year. Take New Japan out of New York and what were you left you take New Japan DDT and stardom out of New York and what were we left with last well that's year? what unfortunately my two favorite shows that weekend were DDT and New Japan so yeah yeah and and and, and, stardom and I didn't go to stardom but I heard it was tremendous yeah I didn't go to stardom seriously picture last year's Wrestlemania weekend without <laughs> no, New Japan I, I DDT and stardom <laughs> and it's not even just the MSG show the New Japan wrestlers working Rev Pro and showing up everywhere else and it's like you know that was the fucking backbone of the weekend you know, and it, it, it's like everything else was, you know, and, and, you know, so unless Japan comes and saves the day again, which could conceivably happen, you know, I, I don't see New Japan coming this year. And, you know, it's, you know, I believe Mania Weekend is peaked and, and, you know, there's the talent just isn't there. And, um, I don't know. I, we've done enough. We're going to get subtweeted enough as it is at this oh, point sure. yeah, after this, but I, 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 listen, and people there are going to be people. What's going to happen is people are going to say, "Well, this is good, and that match is good, and that guy's good." And we know we're talking about the scene yeah, overall. Yeah, we're talking about overall. So yeah, like, there's like this last week. I watched like, the Brandon Thurston J. Freddie match, and it fucking rocked. And and Brandon, they're telling a great story in that too. So it's not like yes, there they, isn't stories happening, and there aren't things happening. There are. We're talking about the scene in general, but we should maybe talk about that one because they, they're doing yeah, a great job with that. Yeah, and there are other people. Listen, we gave credit to Game Changer. Listen, Uncharted Territory is a tremendous idea. Okay, and, and we've talked about it a little bit before, probably not as much as we should. But again, it's just unfortunate for me, and it's a Joe Lanza problem in this case as well, because Beyond just isn't my cup of tea. I look at these Beyond lineups, and there's like three intergender matches, and then a comedy match, and some irony bullshit, and I just can't do it, Rich. Yeah, I can't do it. Now, I can do Brandon Thurston versus Jay Freddy. Seven days a week. Yeah, with Brandon Thurston throwing a fucking nut shot instead of, you know, shaking the guy's hand. I will take that any day. Yeah, I mean, never trust that guy. Never trust that Brandon Thurston. Never trust him. He's a sleazeball, that guy. (laughs) Fucking dirty. Yeah, Yeah, dirty. We're talking to him, you know, we're talking to him on this Hall of Fame show, and then he's throwing nut shots like a day later. It's fucking, you can't, you know, you know what I mean? He comes on the Hall of Fame show, he's putting himself over as this great competitor, and then he goes out (laughs) there and immediately gets disqualified with the nut shot. But I mean, yeah, there's. It, 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 the point here, Rich, is we there is we know that there's good stuff. It's just too few and far between right now. That's all. And look, independent wrestling TV, they work their asses off to get that title over and to get those champions over. Okay, again, Orange Cassidy was absolutely the right choice at the time. Okay, he gets signed up. They're trying with this warhorse. Okay, and listen, I've come on this show and put over the warhorse Gary J matches. Have I not? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Every single one of them, because those guys have unreal chemistry and have had some great matches. So, of course, I'm not saying that everything sucks. I'm just saying this has been the low point, in my personal opinion, over the last 17 years since the indie boom began. 
And I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to make for potentially very scary WrestleMania weekend. And the one thing that's not happening at all, okay, is the kind of thing we just saw in OTT this week. All right, so let's get to some other stuff here this week. As I said, we're going to bounce around a, f- a few different places, but let's talk about New Japan because we got the Power Struggle show coming up uh, this weekend. We also have the the finals of the Super Junior Tag League uh, will take place on that Power Struggle show. So um, as far as you know, overall, the Power Struggle we'll talk about, and then we'll kind of get into the Tag League here. Not a ton to get into as, as, as far as Power Struggle because we don't have a fully fleshed out card yet uh, as they're kind of waiting until these final few shows. They have a few shows for the rest of this week. Uh, but what we do have right now, of course, as I mentioned, the Super Junior Tag League final. We'll touch on that uh, here in a sec uh, we have okada and yoshihashi versus kota Ibushi and hiroshi tanahashi so kind of building up towards uh, okada and Ibushi uh at the dome you got naito versus taichi which we talked about a few weeks ago is is a match that i know some people are looking forward to uh but i think you and i would rather you know stick forks in our eyes uh, than watch another naito taichi match uh so there's that even though the match has been fine i just don't give a shit about the feud whatsoever uh kenta versus tomohiro ishii which i'm very excited about because i hope that they can i didn't love what they did you know uh, a few weeks ago so i'm hoping or a month or so ago uh so i'm hoping we get a kind of a retribution here, or a, you know, a, a good rematch here between Kenta and, and, and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, and then your main event is Jay White versus Roki Goto, which is another one that I, I don't know that I can, I, I'm just not that into that match either. So this Power Struggle show, I don't like it might be a good show, but on paper, I don't know that I'm super excited about anything other than Kenta versus Ishii. Yeah, it's one of those shows I think is going to end up being a good show, but I'm not real fired up for any of it either. I know that um, Kenta and Ishii. Did you watch the um, the show from the UK or no? I don't remember if you I did. Yeah, I did. That. I did yeah. watch that match. Yeah, and and it was unfortunate that uh, I think Kenta got knocked out, and that just made the whole thing kind of go off the rails. Yeah, but they were on their way to an excellent match before he got knocked out. Like that, they, they that you know, it really is unfortunate. Not just because the guy had an obvious concussion, but because it ruined what was otherwise building up to be a really good match. So they get a second chance to to do that here, and I mean. You know, to me, Kenta should win the match. I don't necessarily think he's a lock to win the match. I think that uh, no one's talking about it anymore. But if the plan is still to do Shibata, then you have to get the never title off of Kenta first, right? Because you can't, because Shibata cannot lose to Kenta. I mean, that that's not happening in a million years. So you can't have Kenta going into that match with a title. So if there is some kind of flicker of hope that Shibata is going to wrestle on one of these two shows, and we know that they were trying to get him cleared. We do know that much. That was widely reported, you know? So it's like, if that's still the plan, I could, you know, I think the best thing, if you, if you want to, if you're hoping Shibata comes back, you should root for Ishii here. Cause I don't know that Kenta is going to defend this title again the rest of the year. Yeah, no, for sure. That That's hopefully the plan that we're going with. Yeah. <sighs> It's weird. I, I don't know whether I want to buy all the way into the Shibata thing. I did. You know, I did when he came on. I did. I do want to buy. You know, it, part of me wants to buy into it, but part of me also doesn't want to get disappointed, too. I don't want to have the Hiromu thing where, you know, for the last year I've been like, ah, maybe this is the Hiromu time. So, you know, part of me has a tough time figuring out who I want to win this because I like Kenta as the champion. But if Kenta losing the championship means we get Shibata, you know what I mean? Like, there's different ways that you kind of go about it that, 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 um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just like really at the, ulti- at the end of the day, I want them to complete the match that they had in the UK. And I don't really care who wins. I don't really care who wins the title. I just want to see that match. Because that, like you said, that match was on its way to being tremendous. And then Kenta was just completely knocked out. And you could tell. Then it went off the rails then. They had no way of getting it back. And, and that was tremendously disappointing. So at the end of the day, I just want them to have a complete match that I know these two are capable of. So I'm really looking forward to this one to really 
in some way save the show in terms of my interest level. Not that other matches on the show aren't going to be very good, but just from a pure interest standpoint, this is the only match that I'm really looking at, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, because I mean, look, Goto's not beating Jay White. It's it, it's you know, Naito is beating Taichi and then coming out to challenge Jay White. I mean, we all know that. And you know, the Super Junior Tag League final, I think. You know, I don't even care who's in the match. I have, I'm confident that'll be good because the whole tour has been great. Now, last week I talked a little bit about that. You saw the last Corkin show, which would have been what the 28th or the 29th? I don't remember the date. 28th. Uh, correct. Yeah, the 28th. I think that's I mean. the only that's the only show I haven't seen. So now that you've jumped in and seen a couple matches, were those matches any good? Because I haven't seen. Uh, that show yeah there were some really really good ones i think the match that really stood out to me i think my favorite match on the entire night is going to be uemura and, and, and tiger mask versus uh Kanemoro and desperado because it is and, and i think i tweeted this out as well is like everything that i love about pro wrestling was in that match because uemura at some point in the middle like it's it's i don't know about 10 or so minutes into the match maybe a little 12 13 minutes into the match or whatever he's got desperado in the middle of the ring and tiger mask is holding off Kanemoro, and the crowd knows holy shit Uemura's in in control. Desperado's in the middle of the ring on his own. Tiger Mask took out Kanemoro. Holy shit, this guy might win. And he puts on the crab. And God damn it, Joe, Korokin is shaking as people just want this guy so badly to get the win. And you see Desperado and he's climbing towards the ropes, climbing towards the ropes, climbing towards the ropes. And he's like an inch away. And you're like, fuck, he's going to hit the ropes. Okay, whatever. Uemura drags him back and sits down. And the, cro- the crowd goes absolutely fucking haywire, Joe. The place is up for grabs. They're like, oh my God, he's going to win this match. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And for like 30 seconds, this crowd is just living and dying by every second, hoping that, that, that Desperado taps out and Yomura gets the win. And then Desperado rises up and grabs the ropes. And there's just this, the air gets let out of the building. And then Kanemoro sprays, you know, the whiskey in his eye. And then Desperado hits the numero dos and it's over. And it's like, fuck it. So, but like, what a simple, perfect story to tell. You know what I mean? Like this guy, you just think you're going to be there for that moment. You're going to be here. Oh my God, they're going to do it right now. And then fuck, they didn't do it. And they're still, you know, zero points. Cause of course they are. But so, like, all he had to do was, was stand and sit and just kind of like, just project himself a little bit is all he needed to do. And it was awesome. Did they get real buy-in or the polite buy-in? That no. They always get oh my God. Buy-in? No, no, no. I'm telling you, they, it was polite buy-in. And then he sat down when he dragged him away from the ropes and sat down on him. It was real buy-in. I'm telling you, the crowd was going like the, the, the place was shaking because people were like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. He's going to tap out Desperado in the middle of the ring right here. It was not polite. It was absolutely I, I, I can't wait till you'll watch it because you'll see the same thing, too. It was not polite clapping and cl- polite, you know, rallying behind. They were convinced they were seeing you more tap out Desperado in the middle of the ring on this night. So awesome stuff there. Despy's been real good. Since he has. He, he, came looks, back he looks good. He looks good. And that that team has had a great tournament. Um, it's been a great tournament. I mean, you know, every match I've watched has been, you know, at minimum, very good. That's been the floor. So it's like I said, you know, no matter who comes through, you know, I think we're going to get a real good and a real heated final. Uh, so the standings, we were talking about this before we hit the air. So we're going to do the Benny Hill deal and embarrass the shit out of ourselves <laughs> and go through the scenario. So for the record, we record this on Tuesday. Yeah, I was going to say, we're recording this on the 29th on Tuesday. So, yeah, something may have happened since we've been recording. But keep in mind, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, But I think they're easy to plot out. So who's in first place here? Let's start off with oh, who's on first joke. Uh, Ishimori and Phantasma are at 10 points, all alone uh, in first place. 
So Bullet Club has 10. Okay, what else we got? So tied for What's eight next? right now, three teams. Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles, the Birds of Prey, uh, Taguchi and Romero, and Desperado and Kanemaru, all tied with eight points. All right, so De- Birds of Prey, the coaches, and um, Suzuki Goon. Yeah. And then okay. with six points each, uh, Sho and Yo and Valador and Teton both have six points. Valador and Teton have been good. They've been really good. Oh, yeah. What, oh, man, what was the match that those guys had on? Uh, oh, it was against Sho and Yo. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that match rules. That, it's the main event. It goes like 20 minutes. It's fucking. Or no, it's not even the main event. It was the semi-main event. But it goes like 20. It's, it's incredible. It's really, really good stuff. You'll like it. Yeah. Valador has been working very hard on this tour after we buried him on like four <laughs> he heard he must have heard so i don't know i don't know what to do with my write-up every year for my write-up i always do volador jr and i always say i get really excited about volador jr and then he sucks what do i do now he's been good <laughs> like I, i've been excited and he's been good so it's good you mean you mean in the book that just got started uh this week yeah, yeah fan mean, ebook yeah you gotta write that he's good there's no other way around it you know it's just what you gotta do you gotta be honest about it all right so then we have um Who's, there's not many other teams. Then that's just the last two. There's Tiger Mask and Uomura. They have zero. Uh, and TGP Clark Connors also with zero. So, okay. So there's a show on. We know Friday is the final show, but there's one show before that. Correct? There is. So the thirtieth. Well, there's actually there's <laughs> yeah, there's actually three more shows left. Okay. So how many? Um, and there's 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 tournament matches on each one of them. There is so so for the thirtieth. This is the Wednesday the thirtieth. So this is the day yeah. after we're recording this one. So actually, well, as it'll happen by the time everybody listens to this, so it won't matter yeah. anymore. But we know the result anyway. It doesn't matter. We can we can. Joe, I think we're clairvoyant here. I think we can predict who is going to win this match. But it is your more in Tiger Mask versus Show and Yo. So I will go with the real hot take, Joe. I will lock it in. Show and Yo winning right now. Okay. So we're going to bump them to eight. Yes, because I All think right. that's how it's going to go. So, okay. And then what's next? All right. So that's the, that was the 30th. So now we have the 31st here. The match we do have for this one as well is Yormer and Tiger Mask, who are playing catch-up for some reason. They're two behind everybody else. But Yormer and Tiger Mask versus Clark, Connors, and TJP. So somebody has to win. But it's not going to matter at all because one of those teams is going to have two points and they're going to be completely out of it anyway. So No, yeah. Someone's getting two. It's going to be Tiger Mask and Yumura, but it doesn't make a difference because uh, those teams are mathematically eliminated. So doesn't matter what else we got. All right. So now we go to the first, as you said. This is Friday the 1st. This is the last uh, of the, uh, the Road to Power Struggle show. So, okay. First match we have up on the Junior Tag League, Romero and Taguchi versus Teton and Valador Jr. All right. I'm writing all this down. So then we got the coaches versus CMLL. Okay, Correct. what else? Then we have the Birds of Prey versus Kanemaru and Desperado. Birds of Prey versus Suzuki Goon. Okay. Then we have Sho and Yo versus Phantasmo and Ishimori. R3K versus uh, Bullet Club. Yep. Okay. And that's it. That's the whole tournament. Okay, so the two teams that'll be done by then are... the Oh, the both of the Young Lion teams, right? Will be done by then. So they, they're having their final match. Um, okay, so we've got well the coaches with eight and CMLL. So CMLL team CMLL is out. Okay, so that's easy. We eliminate them. They have six points. Most they can do is eight. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So cross them out. They're done. Because Birds of Prey or Suzuki Goon, one of them has to win, which would then eliminate CMLL because then there would be at least two teams with ten points. So uh, we kiss them goodbye. They're out. So then the Birds of Prey Suzuki Goon match they both have eight and then Rapongi 3k has eight and bullet club has 10 god damn it rich they're doing another three-way oh no 
So, so oh, look. No, you're right. They are, aren't they? CMLL's beating the coaches. Right. So that'll leave the coaches with eight. Birds of Prey, Suzuki Goon. Doesn't matter. Someone's going to get to 10, right? And then Rapongi 3K is going to beat Bullet Club, and that's going to leave three teams with 10. Rapongi 3K, Bullet Club, and the winner of Birds of Prey, Suzuki Goon. So. These motherfuckers are doing another multi-team. What? <laughs> well, does that I, does that work out tiebreaker wise? Let me see. So Show and Yo, three of them. Yeah, Show and Yo have the tiebreaker over Osprey and Eagles. And yeah, you're right. Fuck. Yeah, but there's three teams, <laughs> know, dude. They're doing yeah. another fucking three way. The only way they're not doing it is if the Bullet Club team beats Rapongi 3K, because then it'll be the Bullet Club team versus the winner of Birds of Prey. And Suzuki going right, which would be a great story if they did. Like that would be the better story. That's the match to do. Just like don't don't overthink this. Don't shoehorn Rapungi 3K in there. That's the story. Yes, Osprey and Eagles versus Ishimori and, and and Phantasma. That's the story. Do that match. That's the that's the yeah. Now it will be the fifth time this year. Sure, but I mean, hell, it's this is that's 2019 New Japan, right? Is just doing and shit the to death. The problem so. is, <laughs> I have no confidence they're they're going to have Rapungi 3K lose the main event of that show and get eliminated. They're not going to do that. They're winning that match. Yeah. So if they're winning that match, we're getting a three-way. Motherfucker. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you something else. The other thing is, Rapongi 3K then has to win the three-way. Because we talked about this last week. Will Ospreay has to defend the singles title at the Dome. He can't be involved in a fucking... Unless they do... Unless he has title matches on both nights, like we talked about last week. It's going to be a three-way. Rapongi 3K is going to win, and they're going to face Phantasmo and Ishimori at one of the two Wrestle Kingdom shows. I mean, can can you talk me out of that scenario? Uh, no. <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. Would it stun you if they even threw the coaches in there? You know, it wouldn't. Floor? It wouldn't, given where they're at and, and, and you know, kind of a, a cast. I, 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 could, I could absolutely see that. Because, yeah, how would that scenario? So that wouldn't be too hard to even play out either. Nah, it'd be a four-way tie. Right. If the coach be, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. If the coaches beat CMLL, they got 10 points too. So then the only team not in the match are the losers of the Birds of Prey versus Suzuki Gun match. Right. And you could always beat Robbie Eagles. It's not a problem. So it's like, if you don't want Birds of Prey involved, you could put the Suzuki... I, you could, I could see them put the Suzuki Gun team through. And then you have Rapongi 3K against two heel teams. So it's like... Oh, God. <laughs> Well, that takes all the air out of the balloon, right? <laughs> yeah, you're making me really excited about this tournament. Motherfucker, they're doing it again. <sighs> well, go listen to our, our show last year where we got very upset about this exact same thing happening. So, You know, it's this old thing that WWE used to do with the women's division. It's like they're afraid to leave anybody out. You know, it's like it's not your year. You sit on the sidelines. Tough shit. Just tell the best story, right? And if that means Rapongi 3K is left out of it for once, it, that's the way it goes. But these promotions are so scared to leave anybody out. You know what I mean? Like, would it kill Sho and Yo to be in the fucking Rambo if, those, if that's just how it worked out? They're not the most compelling team right now. The most compelling story is Birds of Prey versus fucking Bullet Club. So just tell the most compelling story. Right. It's very frustrating. Or the new or Suzuki Gun coming back, I can live with that too. But it's just we're getting that fucking three way, and Rapongi three K is winning it, and then they're winning the titles at Wrestle Kingdom too. And it's gonna make me 
resent Rapongi 3K the same way that I resented Kushida at the end. Because I'm just so sick of going back to Kushida every time. And I got tired of him. At right. Time. It's not a reflection of those guys. It's just a reflection of just you're, you're sick of it and you're bored of it. Which is fine. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. But they haven't been in the title mix in a while. And that they're going to get them back into it. You know, right here and at the den. I wouldn't even be so mad if it wasn't a three-way. That's for the final. I mean, that's what really drives me up the wall. But, um, God damn, I was excited for this, and now I'm fucking throwing my pen. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. So, anyway, that's fucking power struggle. Yeah, and then we go. got, uh, you know, Yoshihashi's going to eat a pin against fucking Kota Ibushi. So... Because we got Abushi and Tanahashi versus Okada and Yoshihashi, right? Yeah. What, what do you think about the uh, the monthly Naito, these guys want to fuck each other storyline that we have going on right now? I couldn't give <laughs> a single shit about Tetsuya Naito versus Taiji. None. And that is, uh, listen, they usually have good matches together. No, I'm sure the match will be good. I'm sure it will be. But, but I, don't I don't care, care. about it. Yeah, I don't give a shit about it. I mean, I don't care. I I talked about it last week. There are, and we talked about it. There are a million people on this roster. Why are you giving me that match again? I, I don't understand. Just give me, we've seen that fairly recently. Just give me someone else. I don't care who it is. It's just a, it's just a tool for Naito to win a match before he challenges Jay White. You know what I mean? It could be anyone. It could be Zack Sabre Jr. It could be it doesn't even have to be a Suzuki gun guy. You know? Fucking put Mad Mikey Nichols in there. What the fuck? Like, at least it's different. I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I don't know about Mikey Nichols. All right. That's a bridge too far. Hold on a minute. Reel that All back right. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pump the brakes, Joe. What about, like, put Toa Hanare in there? There we spot. go. Okay. There that? we go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Have Toa Hanare say, you know what? I'm ready to step up in class. I want you, Naito. Right? Of course, he's going to lose. But that, you know, I'd be into that. It's fresh. I don't know. I, to answer your question, no, not interested. <laughs> well, that's that's all power struggle and the Super Junior Tag League as well. But it's an insane, insane weekend in Japanese wrestling. We want to touch on a little bit of what's going on so you can kind of keep up. Uh, so power struggle is going on on the third, as we mentioned. Uh, Noah has a Sumo Hall show on the second. Go back to last week's show if you want our preview uh, of that show. It looks really fun. Uh, one that I'm really, really excited about. Unfortunately, it's going to air like what on a tenth or something like that, or a week later or something like that. So that like, kind of takes a little bit of wind out of the sails. Uh, DDT Ultimate Party at Sumo Hall on the third as well, so same day as Power Struggle, and then on the fourth you have Dragon Gate Gate of Destiny, which I think is Ben Gay and Yoshino, uh, and then uh, Big Japan's Sumo Hall show on the fourth as well. So a uh, huge, huge wrestling weekend in Japan. Anyone that really stands out to you or, or shows that you really want to check out, if you can. Yeah, the one that's not air until the 10th. I mean, I, the Noah show is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Dragon Gate, I have some catching up to do. So I'm not even going to pretend to know what's going on on that in terms of build. You watched the Mochizuki Benkei match, though, right? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I, that, when we're done with this show tonight, I'm watching that. And I'm watching Devlin versus uh, Star. Oh, you got a good night so, ahead of you. <laughs> you got a great night ahead of you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't get to that stuff um, 
before we recorded. Well, but- I mean, like, there's too much other goddamn. Like, this is why this week is so fun that I'm, I'm glad that we're recording on a Tuesday because we can finally talk about some other stuff. And I feel like finally now, this Wednesday Night Wars, we've kind of seen it. Like, this week, if NXT, if, if, if I don't hear anything good about NXT, I might just not watch NXT this week, you know? And watch some of this stuff. Watch, you know, the the Dragon Gate show. Watch, you know, the the the, the Noah show when it comes up. You know, watch a little bit of the Big Japan thing when it, the big matches from that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have a little fun and and spread my wrestling wealth a little bit because it's been like a hundred percent like American stuff with NWA and and, and AEW and NXT or whatever. So it'll be fun to kind of say, yeah, you know what? Let me watch some other stuff. So yeah, Big Japan. I'll watch the top stuff. I'm not going to watch the whole show. Uh. And and DDT, I mean, I've punted. I, you know, we used to follow. I don't know. Well, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but I used to follow DDT closely. I've punted it because it's just like I still like the top stuff that I've seen this year. Like the match from Peter Pan was it uh, Takashita Verzendo, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah. It always <laughs> good, guess, good guess, good guess, Joe. <laughs> No, that's a great match. I yeah, mean, it was fantastic. Yeah, but but I watched it, and then I had no desire to watch anything else on the show, you know, including the gimmicky thing they did with the light bulbs, where who break whoever breaks the light bulb loses. I'm sure artistically that was like creative and good. It was it was actually pretty fucking great. So I will. But say. it's like, but it's like I have no interest. Like, but I get it. You got a thousand things ahead of you to watch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Like, there's no reason to watch wrestling that doesn't interest you. Yes, it's like I'm sure the fucking you know ballet that comes to town is creatively but i have no interest I, you know so it's like and there's just so much content now that i think i think the days I, this is a good conversation to have actually and i saw alan cunahan say this does he like that or does he prefer alan 4l i think everyone knows who it is but it's like yeah i'm not I sure yeah i don't know he'll have to he'll have to chime in if he likes us to call you know what he's his, gonna his say screen name he's not gonna say i don't care lads probably he's gonna say, oh, yeah i don't care <laughs> But um, I don't know what kind of Allen accent that was. <laughs> that was horrendous. Never do an Irish accent ever again. So. That was like Apu from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know region. what region you were in. <laughs> that wasn't even close to like <laughs> Allen's uh, vernacular. Um, but uh, it's like, I think he made this point first. And, and it was something that was going through my head. And I, I think it's like, look, we're in the content era, right? And we've been in the content era for like the last basically the lifespan of this show. And it's like, I, I think I'm done trying to keep up with everything because it just can't be done. And it's an exercise in frustration. Right. And it's like, there's no reason that instead of closely following 25 promotions that I follow 17 instead, do do you know what I mean? Like, why do we push ourselves to make sure that we're on top of literally everything because you can't be. And I understand for what we do where we have what essentially amounts, let's be honest, Rich, this is a second job. Okay. So if you have what amounts to a second job, like we do, you have to watch more than a normal human. I get that. And I like wrestling and I like watching wrestling. What I don't like is the stress of constantly feeling like I'm falling behind. Mm -hmm. So the only solution to that, is to cut out the shit that you're on the fence with. And what I've learned is I can live without DDT in my life. It'd be nice if I can keep up with everything, but I'm sorry, DDT, you've got to go. Because 75% of your card, 
I actively dislike anyway. And it's like, sorry, Big Japan. You went behind a paywall. I really don't have any interest in the death matches now that Takeda's not the guy. So you gotta go. Maybe I'll watch your main event the way I watched the Peter Pan main event. And I'm sorry, United States Indies, you fucking stink right now, as we demonstrated in the last hour. You gotta go. You know what I mean? Like, I'll jump in if I'm home on a Friday and something's on independent wrestling TV and I got nothing else to do. But am I gonna be on a show-in, show-out basis, fucking laser-focused on fucking Black Label Pro? No. There's too much shit out there to watch. So it's kind of like, I think we've reached a point in the content era where we just have to say to ourselves, I can't do it. And, you know, what's going to survive is what I'm naturally inclined to be interested in. And I just happen to be interested, more interested in Noah and Dragon Gate and, um, you know what the NWA's got going on right now? I really like that show. It's simple and easily digestible. And and I'm going to watch the stuff that is interesting to me. And, of course, I'm going to watch WWE because I have to. And some of the other stuff, I'm, 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 I'm just not going to bother anymore because it's an it's, it's a impossible endeavor. And all it does it's an exercise of frustration yeah and i think you may have realized that before anyone i mean honestly in our little group you stopped a long time ago like intensely trying to keep up with everything right yeah it just became like like i couldn't do anything else i couldn't watch anything else if i was watching every single thing so now what i try to do is you know i i try to watch as much of the hype stuff as possible like if there's a match that somebody says hey you got to watch this match or hey this match is incredible i'll watch it I'll, I'll i'll try to watch it but you know the most part i watch like main events or i just kind of pump around and hey that match looks good or that match looks fine but like i'm not going to sit down and i would never scroll like this ddt show like i'm going to check out the ddt like main event i'm probably going to check out maybe the semi main event as well but the days of like you know, loading up a file and starting at zero dot zero zero and being like, all right, here we go for the next six hours. Like who's got, I don't have the time for that. Like I, I, I admire people that do have the time for that. And hell, if this is my job, I'd probably find time for it, but I got other things to do, including my real job and including some other stuff uh, going on. So no, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. It, it is really tough because you do feel like you want to watch everything. You do feel like you want to be an expert about everything and know everybody and 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 be able to talk. But it's impossible. Like nobody else. And, and we've always said this too. You know, we do a show that almost nobody else does. Like there's been a lot of other shows now that have tried to do this or have, have you know sort of mimicked our style. But we try to do. We try to talk America. We try to talk you know Japan. We try to talk as much about you know international wrestling as we can. We try to cover every single aspect of wrestling. We watch the major leagues. We watch the indies. We watch Japan. We watch that sort of stuff. And that's very difficult to do, especially in 2019, where America has just now exploded in content. Like there is like how could you possibly if you if if this was your job how could you watch first run WWE first run AEW and and anything i mean at, at that point how do you watch anything else at that point just yeah. j- just being able to say hey i'm just going to watch every major league american thing that's out there you're talking how many if including NXT you're talking what 5 6 7 you know 8 9, nine hours right there of just first run content you want to cl- include AEW dark there you go you know rich, you got another hour rich. there <laughs> like, today's Today's Tuesday, and there was five hours of it today. <laughs> oh, the impact, yeah, done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they are, so you just can't do it. You just cannot do it anymore. So, uh, yeah, the, the easiest thing to do is just pick and choose, and and you know, like you said, there, there's that pressure that we have to try to be experts about everything. But I feel like people, 
I think people understand that, you know, we can't watch it, everything, you know, and there's a, there's other podcasts that, and that's the good thing about our network as well, is that if you want deep indie Perot talk or whatever, you, you got Omakase, which does a great job of that. You want deep Dragon Gate talk. You got open the voice gate that does that, you, you know, so it's cool that like we do have other things in our network that, that can kind of touch on that a little bit, even if, you know, we just can't possibly cover it all or, or talk about it all. It's, it's funny in that, you know, cause Alan tweeted that like a month and a half ago or whatever. And I just stopped watching stuff. And it's funny because then I had, I, I missed a few of these promotions and I went back and binge watched them. And it's funny how the stuff that you're interested in, you end up watching anyway. And it's the stuff that you don't miss that you leave behind. Whereas in past years, I would have struggled to catch up with all of it. Just because why? For what reason? You know what I mean? It's like, why? So I don't miss DDT. So for now, it's gone. If DDT gets real hot in a year or something and it becomes a must-watch, I'm back in. I don't miss Big Japan, so I don't really watch it anymore. Although I do watch more Big Japan than DDT. But I missed Noah. So what did I do? I spent all of last week catching up with everything I hadn't watched, and I really enjoyed it. So it's funny. Like When you stop watching everything, you'll miss the the stuff you miss is the stuff that you know you should go back and watch. And then there's stuff that you're not going to miss. It's like Evolve. When I'm home and the shows are on, I log in and I watch them. But if I'm not home, I, Rich, I never go back. Like if I miss an Evolve weekend, I don't go back and watch those shows. They happen, they're done, they're gone. Because I don't miss it. Do you see what I'm saying? So that kind of makes it, your decision ends up kind of being made for you by what you naturally miss and what you don't miss. So, anyway. Um, that's the big Pearl weekend. I will catch up with the Dragon Gate. And uh, yeah, I tell you a promotion that I binge watched maybe a month ago, and now I'm a, a full month behind on it again, but it doesn't take long to catch up. Wrestle One has had a sneaky good year. Oh, I, yeah. I yeah. I haven't watched, I, I, I'll admit, I haven't watched Wrestle One in forever, and it sucks because I used to really like watching Wrestle One. So I watched half a year worth of Wrestle One, like one weekend. You know, skipping around, cherry picking. Very underrated year. You know, they don't get any attention. They don't draw any fans. Nobody talks about them. But the, yeah, the how many ring, people are going to their shows right now? Because I don't hear they're not doing, soul yeah, not talking great. about them. They're not doing great. Um, the whole Strong Hearts thing kind of, you know, it didn't sustain for them. And um, they're not doing great business. But um, the, the, the matches themselves and... It's well booked. Wrestle One is very well booked because when you, that's the other thing. When you binge watch these promotions, the booking strengths and the booking weaknesses are amplified because you're watching it boom, 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 boom with no time in between. So you're like, wait a minute. On last show, this happened. Why the fuck are they doing this? Or you're saying, oh, I know why that guy beat that guy and why they're building. You see what I'm saying? It, yeah, it, right, it's, right, right. So it's like, I, I binge watch Wrestle One and, I'm, and every time I do, I'm like, this is a well-booked promotion. Like, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just, you see guys move up. You see guys, like, move down. You see them setting things up a mile away. Rich, I don't mind that. I kind of like that. I don't need you to try to fucking play Houdini with me. Like, I'm okay with simple wrestling stories that make sense. In fact, I invite them. I think that's why I like the little NWA show. It's just simple to follow. I, You know, Ricky Starks comes out. 
He slaps Damian Sandow. They have a match 20 minutes later. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't he know doesn't if you run him over with a car. Yeah, he just says, I want to fight you in the ring, and then they fight in the ring. It's, <laughs> yeah, they're not fucking each other's wives. You know, they're just... It, it, Although Ricky Starks would, if he could, I'm sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know? He, but it, Ricky like, Starks will fuck anything in sight. So, yeah. But regardless I, of that. <laughs> he, you know, he's absolute Ricky Starks. You know, he, but, but yeah, he's the fucking stroke daddy. Of course he would fuck Sandow's wife and be good. But they don't do that. Okay? You know, he comes out this week. Listen, Sandow has been super annoying like three weeks in a row, right? Everyone's like, fucking Sandow is the low point of the show. This guy fucking sucks. This week, Starks comes out and cuts off his boring promo, slaps him in the face, says, you talk too much. That's it. And then they have a match 20 minutes later. It's fucking perfect. You, you're not, it's simple. Here's this annoying guy who's been annoying for three weeks. A popular babyface comes out, slaps him in the face to shut him up, and then he beats him, spoiler alert, 20 minutes later on the show. That's all I need. That's what Wrestle 1 is. Some dude wins in the semi-main event, and he challenges fucking T-Hawk or Ashino or whoever the fuck on the next Corican show. And they have a match, and the better man wins. And the same thing happens with their juniors. That's all I need, man. You don't got to fucking try to trick me. Anyway. I wasn't expecting to talk about Wrestle 1. There you go. We got it. Yeah. But uh, by the way, for that that insane Pearl weekend, I will have previews for the DDT as well as the Dragon Gate show uh, up on uh, voicewrestling.com later this week as well. So definitely if you want to get a more extensive preview, get a little bit more excited about these shows like Joe and I were just like, "Eh, we don't know what's currently going on. We have some good stuff going on uh, from from our crews uh, at voicewrestling.com. So you can definitely check those out. But uh, let's get to one more uh, Pearl promotion here, one that I know you've caught up with and and, and been pretty – uh, pretty up on, and I, I actually checked out this match as well. Uh, from October 24th, there was a Triple Crown title match between Jake Lee and, of course, the champion Kento Miyahara from All Japan's Raising an Army Memorial Series. Uh, and Joe, you wanted to talk about this match, and I think it's a match that we definitely should talk about here. So, Kento Miyahara, Jake Lee, what do you think? Big match for Jake Lee, right? I mean, the biggest, you know, I would say probably his biggest, right? To me, he had to really show me something because we've been down on Jake Lee. And I think he passed half the test. I mean, I I really, <laughs> Rich is groaning. I really liked the match. And I thought that Jake Lee did well with his facials. Because at least he had, he's usually expressionless. And I always get on him. And I liked his work in the match. And I liked the emotion he was conveying. But the problem with Jake Lee which has been a constant problem and wasn't fixed here at all was show me some fucking fire, please. I am begging Jake Lee to show me some fucking fire because that's what he's lacking. Oh yeah. It's like, you're not Mitsuharu Misawa who can get away with being stoic. You're not fucking peak 2005 Kenta where being stoic is part of the fucking charisma. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, some guys. Yeah, trust me, I'm about to snap on something he did in this match that just infuriated me to no end. But some guys, their aura is their their stoicness is, is their is what they are, and it and it works for them. Jake Lee is a guy. It's just he doesn't have that kind of charisma because I don't find him imposing. You know, peak Kenta, you felt like that little prick if you looked at him the wrong way. You know. He was going to be like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas and just fucking murder you for, you know, the slightest transgress. You know, it's like Misawa. He didn't need to fucking be fiery because he was fucking his whole deal was that 
He's this stoic, silent, fucking best in the world. You can't fucking be. This guy is not that. You're fucking Jake Lee. You're skinny fat. You got a pudgy face and a bad haircut. You need to show me some fire. And he never shows me any fire. So it's like, yeah, he showed more emotion for once. But God, I want to see fire out of that guy. Treat this like it's the biggest match of your life and you'd rather die than lose. Make me buy into it. And he doesn't do it. He, he never shows fire. So anyway, all of that, but I really liked it. You know, and I, thought he, I thought he was good. I just wish the guy would show some fire. But but go ahead. So the thing that infuriated me, and I wonder if, what, what you thought about this too, because I enjoyed the match as well, not to the extent that you did. Uh, but but I really liked it. But the the, the one thing that oh my god, it it, it just it, it kept me away from like really really liking this match as well. Because at the end it got like really fiery, really good. But there was a point where, and I I I know you know this point. And I wonder if you were as infuriated as I was because I think I was watching it. Like, oh, I wonder if Joe's like yelling like I am right now too. Is Katsumiya Hart gets knocked out? I think Jake Lee. I think he was on the apron or something like that and kicked him in the head or something like that. And Katsumiya Hart is laying on the ground. He's out. He's done. He's knocked out. And Jake Lee is in the ring by himself, and the referee doesn't want to count because he wants to see Kenta get up and, and Eric Kenta to get up. He wants that to be the fit. You know, he doesn't want the match to end in the count out or whatever. So he's sitting there. So it's Jake Lee in the middle of the ring, and I'm thinking, all right, Jake, the ring is yours, baby. Control. The, everyone is looking at you. You just knocked out the champ, and you're in the ring by yourself. And what does he do? He just leans on the ropes. He waits. Yeah. Occasionally, he goes to the referee like, hey, count yeah. you know, could you count? Hey, could you count? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, this is your moment. <laughs> like this, grab this by the fucking horns. Like this is it. Grab this by the the balls, man. This is the Manscaped balls. Vod, <laughs> vow, twenty percent off Manscaped.com. Like this is where you could, like, are you a heel? Are you a ba- whatever your reaction is going to be? And in this match, he was playing a lot of babyface during most of this match. Like now is where you get on the ropes and you go, come on, Miyahara, get up. Let's go. Let's have a fight. Like get your ass up. Go out the ring. Get him up and slide him into the ring or whatever. You, you know what I mean? Or if you want to be the heel and win by count out, tell the referee, get out there and fucking count this guy out. You know what I mean? Get out there and fucking count him. He's not getting up. Count him. Like, get him out of here. Like, but he's not doing, he sits in the ropes and he's just sitting there. (laughs) Like he's about to fall asleep. And I'm like, dude, this is, you're in Corican Hall in the main event of a Trifical title match. And you just knocked out the champion, the champion, the unbeatable champion that you have lived and died for to beat and 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 prove that you're better than is knocked out, laid out on the on the floor, and you're just sitting there like leaned up against the ropes. Like what? What are you doing? It was no like, fire. like, what, no like fire. I, and and like I don't know if it's it's just like you're a pro wrestler, man. Like get you, you got to show something there. That is the moment where he didn't show anything there, and I was like, you know what? Everyone's gonna say, oh, this is the oh, Jake Lee. No, that was his moment, and he proved to me that he he just doesn't have it. And this is why I prefer Nomura. Nomura shows some fire. I, I feel like Nomura has some heart and desire and shows some fire. And this guy just feels like a fucking dud every yeah. day. Well, and that took me out of the match. Like that, that at that point, I was like, nah, all right, I don't really care about you. And like he came back and he did some kickouts, but at that point, I stopped caring because I was like, you don't look like you care. You know, <laughs> the fucking Katsumiya Hart is laying on the outside. Roll him into the ring, pin him. Tell the referee to count him out. Do something. Get the crowd on your side. Raise your hands up in the air. Say, all right, let's go. Hey, this is me. I'm going to win this match. He just sits there, occasionally tells the referee to count. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> like that, And it took me out of it because I'm like, all right, look, you don't give a shit. Like, you don't care. You don't think that this is a giant moment. And it hurt me. Yeah. It hurt the match so much. It sucked. 
at, at any point, here, here's the, what you need when it's this kind of match where it's a guy who's never won the title before, who's on the come up. Was there any point in this match where you were thinking, God, I'd love to see this guy as champion? No. Hell no. The answer is easily no. And that's a question I ask myself when I'm watching some of these matches sometimes. And I'm like, the last time I saw Nomura wrestle Miyahara, I was thinking to myself, man, I, I might want to see this guy as champion someday. You know, and I, I watch Jake Lee and I'm, I never think that to myself. It, it, it's, it's, he just, he just isn't it. And it was a very good match. And it was a very different match than what, you know, Miyahara's, look, Miyahara, if Will Ospreay is not your wrestler of the year, I, I think it has to be this guy. I mean, you know, with all due respect to Shingo, with all due respect to Kota Abushi, okay? Uh, whoever else you want to throw in there, you want to throw in uh, uh, Devlin, you want to throw in David Starr. Uh, who am I missing, Rich? You want to throw in, uh, I think that's probably the top contenders, that's, Yeah, right? I would say I'd say you're pretty safe with those guys. Before now we start reaching a little, do we want to reach? I don't know. But it's like, uh, listen, you know, Miyahara was fantastic here. There was one little spot in this match, and it wasn't a, but it's just, it shows Miyahara's progress. And this is why Miyahara is having the best year of his career. Okay? And and it's like, because he has these little, he, he, he he's the, the story is he's the unbeatable champion. He's having this long title reign. Nobody can beat him. And he's starting to feel himself. You know what I mean, Rich? And and it's like he's oh, he, was a whole, he was a total dickhead this entire match. Like, you know, he'd get him down and kind of go, hey, yeah, to the crowd. You like that? Yeah, yeah. Like that. This is a guy grabbing a crowd by the horns. I mean, yeah, any moment that he had of downtime, he was getting the crowd either to cheer him or boo him or start, like, but most of it was like, you know. Real dickhead being like, yeah, that was good, right? Yeah, look at me. I'm Kenzo fucking Miyahara. And like the crowd resented that at a certain point. Because this is a star who knows how to emote, unlike the guy he was wrestling with. Okay. And he's been this way all year with this stuff. It started with, you know, feuding with the ref, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. And now he's just bleeding all of his personality into his matches where he's like, he's feeling himself. He knows he's unbeatable. And there was this one little moment where they were on the apron and Jake Lee was holding on to the middle rope. And like out on the apron, and Miyahara was on the floor, and he was trying to like German suplex him onto the floor or something, you know, a spot that you knew they were never going to go through with. But like he couldn't get Jake Lee to let go of the rope, so Richie punches him in the fucking nuts. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's who he is this year. Like in 2017 or something, Miyahara is not punching anybody in the nuts. He's, you know, he's wrestling clean. He's your, your fucking prototypical Japanese babyface ace. Now he's just like, I don't respect anybody here, including the refs, including any of these opponents. I'm unbeatable. I'm the fucking man. And I want this guy to let go of this rope. So I, I'm going to punch him in the fucking nuts because it's Jake Lee and I don't respect him. And I love that element that Kento Miyahara has added to his game this year. On top of just being essentially a perfect pro wrestler because a lot of the issues I used to have with Kento Miyahara, which granted were minor gripes have not been prevalent this year. And as the year has gone on, he has improved on them, spamming the running knees and things like that. You're seeing less and less of that as the year. Yeah. Moves he's still like a very, 
I, his no selling is is particularly egregious sometimes. Like he, that dude will be dead and then just pop up like ten seconds later. And that that you know, and again, like I don't hate that all that much. Like it's not something that like I get irrationally upset about. But he's he's pretty egregious about it. So, I, so call, what, I gotta call a spade a spade. You know, would you rate it? Uh, I went three and three quarters with it. Okay. Yeah, I went with the. Uh... The patented JL four and a third. He's <laughs> such a coward. What a terror. What a coward. <laughs> like, you don't want to say it was great. You don't no. want to say it wasn't great. That's just the no. biggest fucking coward it was, rating. Listen, ever. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Like I'll give out three or four, four and a thirds a year. And this is why. Once I, if I can't give you look, four and a half is your like bordering match of the year territory, right? This wasn't a match of the year territory. But at the same time, I thought it was better than like four and a quarter. So right. let's I, I, get put, I get it. I get it's it. fucking four and a third. I can't commit to the four and a half on this. I can't. Jake Lee needed to bring something. If Jake Lee would have showed some fire and fucking screamed a little bit, just give me a scream now. Can you give me a scream now? Yeah, move your mouth, move your eyes, move your Show arms. Me something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. But. So yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a great match. Look, Miyahara is fantastic. Uh, you know the the wrestler of the year is coming right down. Look, Will Ospreay is so good in a match in match out basis. I mean, even on a tour like this, where I mean, I I think Birds of Prey have had a couple notebook matches on this tour, but it's like you know low end. But just his performances in every match he's in, he never mails it in. And let alone the fact that when you look at best of Super Junior and G One. And the Kota Ibushi match at Wrestle Kingdom and everything else. I mean, the guy's just no one has the depth of resume that, that Osprey. So, but when I'm talking about everybody else, it's either Shingo, Kota Ibushi, or Miyahara. And I mean, Miyahara is doing it in title matches, and in many cases, in matches where you really know he's not going to lose, which is a disadvantage to me from a performance standpoint, because there's like there's inherently less drama. In his matches. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So it's harder. But he still goes out there and has matches that I fucking love. So I wouldn't hesitate to put him second. And I really couldn't kill anybody who put him first. I, I don't agree with it because the depth of resume. But it depends how you judge these things. Maybe you don't care about, you know, depth or consistently great performances. And you're just looking at, I, you know, that that's fine. But I, I think I'd put him second. I'd maybe put, you know, Shingo... I know everyone recognizes that he's been great, but he's really been fucking great. The problem with Shingo is he doesn't really stand out in your rank-and-file match the same way that Osprey does. Um, I don't know. I, this wasn't even the topic at hand. But, um, but yeah, so Miyahara survives, and you know, I, I really think um, this hasn't changed my mind. I still have Nomura uh, slotted ahead of Lee. I, that this match didn't change any of that for me. I think Nomura is a decent haircut and some better gear away from being the other major star that they need. He just he needs to improve his look a little bit because I think he's got the work down. I think the crowd, I think he's won over the All Japan fans. I think they buy into him now. And I think he has the necessary fire. So now it's just cleaning up the little things with him. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, and if this was the moment where we were supposed to know for sure if Jake Lee was 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 belongs or whatever or whatever you want to say and whatever term you want to use, 
I, I, I just can't say he did. I, I just don't. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was enough to kind of take me out of the match, which sucked because I really did enjoy it. But, yeah, he, I, I just don't think he's the guy. And, you know, it's, it's tough because they've tried a lot with him. And we've all given him chances. But it's like, yeah, at, at this moment, I mean, if you can't grab this one and, and, and it feel like that shining of a moment, then, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. But All right. So that, I think, will do it here on this Voices of Wrestling, this early week of Voices of Wrestling. One, of course, let you know again, promo code VOW. You get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure those balls look good. Joe and I, ball, we're, our balls are looking fantastic, and now you can join us as well. VOW, 20% off, plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, of course, VoicesWrestling.com for all those previews. Like we said, stuff coming up all weekend that we're going to touch on, uh, reviews for all those shows uh, as well. All the other columns that we have as well will be on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, VoicesWrestling.com slash Discord. Uh, if you want to join our Discord channel where there's plenty of great discussions going on across all parts of the wrestling world in terms of every region. we got non-wrestling topics on there too. A lot of really good stuff. You can talk about every one of the shows uh, that we have on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network as well on the Discord. So you definitely want to check that out, VoiceWrestling.com slash Discord. And then, yeah, the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network is uh, you know not just us. If you listen to us, we do appreciate it. But there's a lot of other good stuff uh, on that network as well covering all parts and all aspects of pro wrestling. So Voice Wrestling Podcast Network as well. So I think that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Critch. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.